Hello and welcome to the Smack Attack Christmas Special. James here. I'm only here to do a little bit of housekeeping before you listen to the whole show uh, and all of our recording fun and everything we've done. I forgot to record the most important part, and if you're listening to this right now, the best place to listen to any content from Hammy Media Group is by going to channelattitude.com forward slash Hammy Media Group. Some of the best wrestling content you'll get all around the Monday Locker Room, the Friday Locker Room, the Smack Attack, Next Level Podcast, Impact Attack, like the fuse and more there's so much great wrestling contact some of the best around so why not put a couple of quid down it's about the price of a couple of cups of coffee why not put it down with channelattitude.com forward slash hammy media group you cannot go wrong if you're a fan of the smack attack if you enjoy anything you listen to in this episode i really hope you do i hope it's a, it's a fun episode today there's so much that went on some laughs some tears some other bits and pieces some fun stories as well i hope you enjoy it and if you have if you want to interact with us if you want to get in touch with us you can do that in a couple of different ways you can tweet us at smack attack hmg or you can email us directly smack attack media at gmail.com if you love the Hammy Media Group, why not follow us on Facebook as well? Search for Hammy Media Discussion Group on Facebook. You'll find a great place there with so many fans and listeners of Hammy Media content. We do live events, we do live posts, we do live chats around all the shows, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, any show that you think of, we've got a live chat there. We also do pickums for every WWE Premium Live event that comes up. So get involved, be part of the team, be part of the Hammy Media Group and enjoy the Smack Attack Christmas Special. Rockin' around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. You know, you know, you know we set out to like do this like, weeks ago. Like we planned this in like November. <laughs> I didn't think it was gonna come down to like the week of Christmas and they were like Crunch! We'll crunch this all time. But I suppose uh, that's I, like what Christmas. Oh, no, you I go. better not be the only person that does this. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. But you know, it's one of those things, right? Like, when you watch Christmas films and stuff like that, nothing really goes to plan. But then somehow, in like the grand scheme of things at Christmas, it all just happens to line up. I feel like that's what's going to happen here. Like, it's just going to be <clears throat> November happened and like most of December. And because we're just like getting this all in before Christmas, it's all just going to line up. Okay. That's, that's my hope. Keep, right? keep yeah, telling yourself. Sure. Keep telling <laughs> yeah. that, yourself that, Clark. <laughs> Clark. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Got my haircut though. I was like, try to get this used to it. But yeah. But like, I was thinking about that Christmas. You know, when you do the Christmas film thing and just somehow kick it out the arse. That's the beauty of it. Like, there's no. Always has to have a happy ending. Somehow, some way, unless you're watching Krampus. But it's yeah. just. I don't know where I'm going with this, but you know, Christmas is here. How are we doing? Are we all are we all well? Yeah, you know. <laughs> I like how uh he didn't say one, two, three, he just hit start, by the way. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Total, you, that's what you do. You do it gorilla style, you just go boom. Gorilla style. All right. Yeah. Live stuff here. Uh it's uh, you know, fun times in Cleveland today. Uh getting ready for 72 hours of sub-zero temperatures, supposedly, here on uh, from Friday to Christmas Day. So that should yeah, be man. exciting. You know, uh, I mean, that happened, what, three years ago? It was like 186 hours under freezing. So this is no big deal. It's no big deal at all. So we yeah. got this. We know what we're doing now. Uh, you know, our sure, our electric grid's still 
completely shit. But uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's only 72 hours. We've got this. It's no big deal. So Only 72 hours. I know, right? Is there a lot of... Uh, it's going to be a lot of snow as well? Or? Actually, no. They, they It's supposed to be dry because, I mean, the only chance of rain was today, and it's not even raining. So, you know, it's supposed to be dry for the entire time, so there's no ice or any kind of precipitation. So we're not getting any snow or ice or anything, so unlike the last time so it shouldn't be bad really honestly like i'm i'm leaving friday to go to my parents so you know i got the approval to take a half day so i'm probably leaving like noon to drive over there so do you guys have any stories of being snowed in i have oh yeah funnily enough it's a christmas story it's funny you say that oh. uh when i was in college we did um we did a run of uh, christmas carol charles dickens christmas carol like a stage adaptation of it and we, we did it in Edinburgh. There was like a school just up from the college where we were. So we performed this. And it was like the week before, I think it was like a week or two before Christmas. And we were performing this. Now, for the whole week, it's been just normal weather, a bit cold, a bit chilly. But then on the last night of the show, the night last night of the run, uh, there was a blizzard. So you went in at the start of the night, and it was fine. There was no snow, no anything like that. And you go in, and you, we did the show. It was great. went really well. Uh, very Christmassy, great atmosphere. We all had a great time. And then we left. So we leave. And it's a bit of snow. So it wasn't like crazy, crazy snow at this point. But it was snowy enough where we appreciated it, loved it. And we're like, right, let's go get our after show drinks. Let's get to the city centre in Edinburgh and get our party on. And we had this big pub crawl. And as like the night went on, the snow just didn't stop. It just kept going and going and going and going to the point where it was like everything shut down for Ooh. three days. So I was like <laughs> stranded in Edinburgh for about three days. Luckily, I had a friend of mine who stays along the city centre way. So we had to sort of walk from the far end of Princess Street all the way to his house. And it was like, you know, like in the, the day after tomorrow, they're all in that gear and they're like hiking across like the city. <laughs> Unpack the snowshoes. Like, we're walking from here. <clears throat> Pretty much, that was the game plan. Although we were all in just like suit, sh- jack, like dress shoes and jeans and shit, so we weren't we weren't dressed for this weather whatsoever. So we're like walking all the way along Edinburgh, like like Royal, the Princess Street, all the way up George Street and all that towards Haymarket to this house. And this was just like intense. And then you saw random superheroes appear at one point. Folk dressed up as the X Men started flying around in the snow. That kids throwing snowballs at you you're just like fuck right off it's, you're drunk at half 12 at night and there's like a fucking six-year-old lobbing snowballs at you from the galleries you're like fuck you get them back get them back so we get there and we just sort of camp out for a couple of days so i'm at my mate's house and i'm like okay i'm gonna keep around the trains keep around the buses as soon as that happens i'm getting out of here i'm going home and now my friend he was of bulgarian descent so his mum's bulgarian he was Sort of, I think he was, but he's been living in Scotland, so he was practically Scottish. And we spent like two days uh, drinking Chianti, smoking cigars on the bike, just chilling out in this out in this snow, just feeling like a couple of gangsters, just sitting there going, "This is fucking great." And then when it came to like trying to leave the first time, uh, his mom's like, "No, no, you stay." Like, oh, what, what do you mean? No, no, stay. You be safe. You wait till safe. I was like, okay. So basically, even though there was opportunity to leave, his mum wasn't having it. 
Like, <clears throat> bear in mind, I was like 20, 21 at this point. So I'm, I'm man enough to make my own decisions here. And she was like, no, no, you stay. And I was like, all right. You mean I just get, I just get to chill here, get pissed, smoke some cigars, eat some steaks, play some video games. Fucking right. Okay, right, mate. Let's do this. And so for three days, we've done that. And then this, like, the snow had stopped, but it was like still freezing. So transport was a nightmare. So after like the, the three days, did the walk all the way back to Princess Street, jump on the bus, and then we're driving. So I get on the bus all the way back to Dunfermline, where I live. And to come back to utter carnage, like the bus station was just a lane where the bus would just kind of roll in, you drop you off, you roll off, and then you wait for your bus to maybe appear. And I was there for about three hours. And it was just fun to watch people, like utter chaos of just people getting more and more rage in it. Bus services, like not running at the right time. Everything's going late. Everything's busy. Like by this point, I'd spent three days of going with the flow. So I was fine. I was like, hadn't showered. I think I showered a couple of times, but I wasn't like as clean as I would have been. I only had like one, two sets of clothes to keep me going. So, mm. uh, but just seeing all these people kick off, and I'm just sitting there going, I don't care. I'm just <clears throat> it's snowy. It's Christmas as fuck. But it was just cool. Like the the thought of kind of going doing Christmas Carol, this really Christmassy story, so much behind it, and then just get snowed under like the proper winter wonderland experience in the whole of Edinburgh, which is gorgeous in the snow, by the way. It was weird. It was brilliant. It was great just being totally stuck in and just made to get get pissed and eat unhealthy things and smoke cigars, proper ones too. Real good. That sounds, uh, sounds very romantic uh, story there. Um, I was th- I thought you were going where you had started the play, and by the end of the play, everybody was stuck in the building. Is where I thought you were oh going God. with that. Could you imagine? I, I, I can imagine. Um, yeah, that was that's a lovely that's a lovely picture you painted there of the landscape and the situation, and everything like that. When I was snowed in, it was nothing like that. It was in fact quite the opposite of that. It was the ultimate ordeal in pain. Because I lived in a townhouse complex, and this is when I lived in Louisville, by the way. So I had already decided at this point, okay, I'm retiring from professional wrestling, and I'm going home. The problem is, I have a lease that I'm going to have to pay a lot of money I can't afford if I break the lease. So even though I've decided that I'm done with this, I still have to live out the rest of my time you know, in this city. Yeah. And when winter comes, there was a, you know, a lot of snow in this particular year. I want to say it was 2008 or so. So anyways, so here I am and in the townhouse complex, which I live, got snowed in. I remember trying to like go to work and like what I would do is I would just walk out, you know, um, to the street where there was like a bus stop, like a block away or something like that and catch the bus, go to work. Well, I got about like, I was, I was trudging through like, like, uh, knee deep snow about halfway through to like, I was halfway through my complex to to the street. And I was like, what am I even doing? So I turned around, went, went back in or whatever. Eventually, um, the power went out in the complex Okay, so now I'm stuck in the house. There's no heat, so I can't warm myself up. I can't take a shower because the water's freezing. Okay, I don't know how long the food in the fridge is going to keep because this is an indefinite power outage. And this goes on for several days. 
I don't have a cell phone, so I can't call anybody with the house phone. I can't say, hey, let me crash with you until this blows over. Even if I had friends like that, which I really didn't, nobody I would put upon like that. Um, so I really just had to sit in the house and freeze and starve and wait it out for a couple of days until the power came back on. It's like the complete opposite of everything that you just described. <laughs> it's, just like, it's not fun at all. It's just like, yeah, maybe we should have led with mine and finished yeah. with yours. Yeah. Uh, that's all right i'll save it because we didn't about 10 years ago we had another like snow slash ice storm and we had just moved to our house here out in weatherford and there's a nice hill and everything couldn't get out you know we're, we live on kind of a slant so uh if we needed to get out i shoveled you know the driveways to make sure you could get out but it's just pure ice so even if i could get out it's like on the street you're not you're not going anywhere because we're at an incline so, uh, first of all, Jacob wakes up. He's 10 years younger, so that he's, what, seven. So he sees snows on the ground, or ice, but it, it looks like snow. And he goes, oh, yay, it must be Christmas. Can I go ahead and open my presents? So we have to explain to him, just because it snows doesn't mean it's Christmas. So there's that explanation. And so then we're trying to have some fun with it and go to the school right next to us where there's a giant hill and we want to sled. Well, I guess the statute of limitations is over and, um, you know, my mom doesn't listen anyway. Um, so she had given us this antique tea cart that we had that was just rickety and, you know, not super great. So we went ahead and just kind of destroyed it and turned it upside down and used that as a sled for Jacob to slide down the hill and, mm. Completely and utterly destroy this this tea cart that my mom had given us, and uh, which we weren't going to use anyway. It was just taking up space. So it was like, sure, why not? Let's just take the top off, do whatever. And so he's just having a good old time sliding down the hill. But of course, we have to go because it's too heavy for him to carry because it weighs probably as much as him because the top is solid wood and you know it folds and stuff. So when he would get in it, he'd fold the sides and hang on to those. And slide down the hill, but he can't carry it up the hill because it's too heavy. So we're having to, you know, one of us is either riding with him or just going down the hill and coming back up. So uh, that was our snowed in story. That lasted probably about two days where we were stuck and couldn't get uh, out of the house. We never lost power. And then uh, was it two or three years ago when the snowstorm hit, we were fortunate enough to only lose power for like 30 minutes because we live down the street from a uh, a retirement home. So they were efforting to keep the lights in that area on. So we we never lost power for very long. Um, so we were pretty fortunate in that aspect where Jacob and I last two or three years ago. But yeah, it was uh, it was the ten years ago was super hilarious. And you know, I, I never told my mom because she did ask, "Hey, what'd you ever do to that tea cart?" Uh, oh, uh, it's in the garage somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, didn't have the heart to tell her. We use it as a sled and oh. and then uh, put it in the trash when we were done. So. Oh, so it's like it's totally gone now. It's like well, yeah, because I mean, we did, it was ice. It wasn't really snow, <laughs> so you're sliding down. And it's just tearing up the the you know the decorative side because yeah, yeah. The, in the decorative side of the of the tea car because we flipped it over so that you could fold the because it had where you could expand the tea cart or keep it. You know, smaller, mm. and so that's what Jacob used to hang on, and um, yeah, so we just 
that just the whole bottom got tore up from it because it was just ice really it was more like pebble ice very little snow and so it got tore up and um you know i uh, had a good time with that and uh never told my mom about it so until know. now well, she guesses are no okay, yeah right yeah. <laughs> you imagine no. special no. guest number two <laughs> yeah good luck like, trying to get my mom to figure out how to use the internet in itself is like a hard time so she just got an iphone and the, she got it and literally like a half a day later she calls me i can't believe i got this stupid fucking iphone so fucking stupid i'm like why did you get an iphone well, because everybody else in the family has one. I said, I don't have one. You know, I'm like, you know, stick with what you know. She goes, well, Android. And they, uh, yeah, I said, if you like an Android, stay with it. I said, you can go tear that one in and get another one. You know what I mean? But then she won't complain. She wants to complain about it, but she doesn't want to make the effort to make the change because she spent, you know, 14, Is your mom quietly British or something? That sounds like a very British thing. I know, yeah. She's German and Irish and English, so yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's in the DNA. It's yeah, in the DNA. it's in the DNA. So, yeah, and then, of course, growing up in South Louisiana with Catholic guilt, she had the Catholic guilt of spending 1500 bucks on a phone. So, you know, well, that's because with the cost, you know, and she wants the yeah. big one because she's 67, and she's like, I need to be able to see, so she got the, the pro, you know, or whatever the big one is, and so that's like fifteen hundred bucks or whatever. Yeah. So the newest of the new. Yeah, because she and which is funny because uh, she had she had like the Galaxy you know uh, Note with the the stylus because she liked it because it was big. Never mm. used the buds. Never used the watch. She had both of them, and so Ooh. so when Jacob got the upgraded phone from my friend that was a Galaxy, I grabbed her buds. And so he has his mind you, they've never they've never been in, out of the box in three years that she's had her phone. And he gets them and one of them isn't quite working right, which is weird. But then my friend who gave him the 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 Samsung that she got had the buds live. And so he he has those, which look like the little beans. And so he has those this year for his birthday slash Christmas and he's loving those because like oh it's great you know i can i can listen to you but have my earbuds in i was like but you can take your fucking earbuds out when i talk <laughs> you still you know so but you're not getting away with this one yeah no so <laughs> yeah we're 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 having conversations about eh, you can still take those earbuds out when i'm talking to you so yeah yeah he yeah uh, but so we're we're having things i guess one thing is uh you know vet what's a uh, what's like with Christmas, it's, it's kind of hard, but what's a present that you remember or you associate with Christmas that you've ever gotten, you know, that you're like, that was a Christmas present that I really appreciated and I got? Um, There's probably been a lot uh, over the years, I guess, because I was a relatively spoiled child. But um, I think just, just whatever comes to mind first, uh, there was... Um, you know, in the late 80s, uh, right, turning into the 90s, um, obviously the hot thing for any kid to have was the Nintendo Entertainment System, right? Mm -hmm. Now, we would be only about, at this point, we would only be about a year out from getting the Super Nintendo. So, you know, obviously I'm a little behind, but growing up, you know, it's, it's funny to think about my parents having 
played video games. They were there for the genesis of video games, not the not the Sega Genesis, but the Genesis. So they were there to see like the Pong and all that, the Space Invaders and the Pac-Man, they are all that stuff. So they had an Atari twenty six hundred. They had bought that for themselves even before I was born, I believe. And so those were video games at the at the house, you know, for me. But things had already you know, once you get old enough to appreciate those things, things had already advanced much further past that, you know, mm-hmm. with arcade machines and other, you know, the, and so the Nintendo comes out and you always have that friend that had it first and you go to their house and you're blown away by it. You know, like when you see Super Mario Brothers for the first time or when I saw a duck hunt and it's like, ooh, what's that game oh, that has a gun with it? Yeah, You know, you're just like, you know, the amount of possibilities compared to these little these little uh, squares that the Atari has that you're supposed to, you know, asteroids and, you know, those type of games, you're just like, you know, very primitive at this point. So I had been, um, you know, harassing uh, my mom to get me a Nintendo for whatever I could, birthday, Christmas, asking for it all the time. She did everything she could in her power not to, not to do it. Uh, for whatever reason she would make up, like, you know, trying to, she, she, I guess she ultimately thought that because I was a good student, she probably thought I would get sucked into a downward spiral of video games and stop doing well in school and, you know, all that stuff. So I think that was probably like one of the main motivating factors of trying to do it. But eventually, you know, I, you know, I broke her down, I guess. And, uh, so for Christmas I had, um, you know, there was like, a this humongous, um, there was like a, I had one present that was like a humongous box that looked like it could fit like, um, <laughs> it's the kind of box you would see like if, if you would get uh, like a large puppy or something for Christmas, you know, like just a bit, like almost for an appliance, like a television. It's just a, the box was very big. And then there was a, there was a Nintendo shaped box, you know, like, um, like right. also under the tree. So, you know, I'm just like when you know, when it's when it's Christmas time and it's present opening time, I'm like, give me that Nintendo box. Give me that Nintendo box. And she's like, "No, no, no. I don't think you want to open that one." And it's like, "What do you mean I don't want to open that one? Of course I want to open that one." And finally, well, it came time to open the giant present, right? And so, I opened the giant present, and inside is a Nintendo entertainment system, but it's just like leaned, it's just leaned inside the giant box. Like, you know, it was a fake out. Right. Nice. So I was like, so what the hell is this? What the hell is this Nintendo present? Right. So I opened up the one that was exactly the same size as the Nintendo pretty much. Um, and it was a U-Force peripheral for the Nintendo entertainment system. Now, do you guys, are you guys remember the U-Force or familiar with the U-Force? It, it's been a while, but yeah, I, I vaguely remember that. I think my cousin had it because I had a cut. Okay. My cousin was kind of like that, like your friend. Like it was, he had everything first. So, right. Yeah. So, what about you, James? You, are you Googling it right now? I'm literally <laughs> just Googling it right now. All I, right. I recognize the name U Force. So, the U Force was their idea of, you know, even back in the 80s, Nintendo had the idea for motion controls. This would be the precursor to the Wii. Or any Ooh. VR stuff or, or Switch that they've gone. And the way the commercials would make it seem was that you would just move your hands and the infrared sensors would detect your motion and it would translate to motion in the video game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things that they show in the commercial was somebody playing Mike Tyson's punch out and just punching the air and you would see little Mac on the screen like throwing punches in synchronicity with the kid that's, that's playing that with the U Force. Amazing. 
Yeah, so I was like, I'm gonna help you, John. Okay, I didn't, you know. So in my mind, I didn't, I didn't uh, ask for it, but I was like, well, sure, it's a present, so whatever. So I get the Nintendo, uh, set it up. I get the U Force out. I set it up. Now, mind you, I'm like, I don't know, ten, nine, ten, something like this, and uh, and and like I'm so I'm setting all this up, and. I, I'm trying to do it the way the instructions are saying to do it, and it just doesn't work. Like, it just seriously just absolutely does not work in any form. So I just, I was just very disappointedly, but also, you know, with the sort of bluntness of uh, of a kid, you know, it's just like, uh, can we exchange this for something else that doesn't work, you know? Mm-hmm. And I felt guilty because my mom kind of felt bad just because she thought it was a great present uh idea but she didn't you know how would she know that the shit wouldn't work you know this is when you know you didn't know like you didn't necessarily have those shared experiences that now you go on the internet and find stories of everybody saying the same thing like i'm sure you can pull up tons of reddit threads about the u-force being a piece of shit not working but at the time it was almost like i was ungrateful or something is how i felt so i ended up trading it for a copy of super mario brothers 2 but uh oh that's a trade though that, that's, that's a, a it's trade. a good trade but in all the time i was trying to get it to work like i, I remember having super mario brothers on and i got i got mario to move like one pixel <laughs> <laughs> like he he took one pixel forward the entire time and I'm like frantically waving my hands around and and, and he, he took one uh one pixel forward. Oh so that's that's God. a little funny story there. And then just one other uh, a quicker one but it's wrestling related, right? So another game that I asked for for Christmas uh in whatever year it was, I believe it was 1997, um was uh WCW versus NWO World Tour for the Nintendo 64, right? Okay. Um which would obviously be one of the greatest games ever made. But even before I played it to confirm that, I certainly was very excited about the prospects of it, right? So, so much so that when the presents were all like under the tree and everything, like I snuck out in the middle of some night, grabbed what I thought was that present, took like an X-Acto knife, cut the tape on the, on the wrapped <laughs> present, carefully opened carefully opened the thing carefully open like slid open the plastic that was wrapping the game open the box slowly carefully slide the game out or whatever close everything back up put that under the tree and i just played it for like the week and a half or whatever until christmas like with nobody being the wiser because she wouldn't know what the game was you know what i mean so so i just you know I, i just played the hell out of that and then i put it back in or I don't even know if I bothered to put it back in. I didn't know if I <laughs> if I re if I replanted it in the case because again I can just pretend like oh wow thanks it's just what I wanted you know with the game sitting in the console in the other room right um, oh my so God. but that's that's how much I wanted to play that game. It's the only time I've ever done anything like that in all the years of present opening, and it was well worth it. I have to say it was. Uh, I had some more fun playing that game than I I've. It could have been the most fun I've ever had playing a video game in my entire life. Certain points. Wow, wow, that's that's a big statement on a game. That is, but it was a great game. Yeah, I have to yeah. admit, it was a great game. You and know? you know, the ones that came after it were better. Like Revenge was better, and No Mercy was better. You know, in in the way they would uh, incrementally, you know, add more to the game, and and you know, whether it's more wrestlers, more match types, or whatever, but. Nothing can beat that nostalgia feeling of, you know, the progenitor, 
you right. know, like with the, just just seeing what a wrestling game could do. Because let's face it, most of them had been shit, right? Like oh, there yeah. were no good wrestling games up until that game, pretty much. You know, what, mm-hmm. uh, can you guys think of any that were even you would even want to put in the conversation? Well, I mean, you had the Nintendo Pro Wrestling with the generic Starman and and stuff like that. That was that was good for the classic. time. Yeah, good for, for, the, the, for time. the time, it was classic and a lot of fun. Um, and then you had the. Uh, the WrestleMania uh, arcade game? Yeah, Come the WrestleMania up. one. You know? No. That no. game sucks. You're talking about the one where, like, the Undertaker's shooting ghosts out of his hands and stuff? Oh, that no. One? I'm thinking of the... What's the other one? The arcade one. WrestleFest? And I was like, I'm sure it was a WrestleMania game. It was a WWF game of some kind. Yeah, it's either oh. it's either it was either WrestleFest or Superstars. I think it might it must have been. Is Wrestle it the Fest. one that looks like that uh, Retromania wrestling? Yeah, it, yeah, it's kinda. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah and you would uh, you would have like uh, I think Superstars had where you'd make a tag team, and the idea was to get to the end and face the million dollar team. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. were that were not playable in the game, but you could. Yeah, you know. Put put together like so Ultimate Warrior and Hulk version, Hogan or something yeah, like that. So the console version in '93 was Royal Rumble, and that ah. was like the so that was on Sega. And then, I remember I've, I and Super Nintendo because I had that. Yeah. I got the Super Nintendo one too, and that and was very fun. WrestleMania was the the arcade version. You know, it was the one that you would you know enter through the ring and do a rumble or you know fight for other people kind of thing, and that was that was that. So. Yeah, those two were like the OG original, like you know, that that old school kind of look like like retro mania, uh, retro mania has. Yeah, because so, I can know. still remember Shawn Michaels theme on the Royal Rumble game, mm. like vividly right. to the point where if you ever asked me to like think of the theme itself, I would think of the, the Mega Drive or the Genesis version of the game. Yeah, the little the little MIDI versions of the wrestler yeah. themes yeah. and stuff with <laughs> even <laughs> like the. Uh, <laughs> The Tatanka had the his war cry in it and yeah. uh, like all that stuff. It was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good yeah. good stuff. And the Genesis had different wrestlers too. It was yeah. like they had um Papa Shango and Hulk Hogan and uh Macho Man, Duncan I think. Made, yeah, Macho Man. Yeah, Macho Man. made the cut as well, I'm sure. Yeah. Right. And then the Super Nintendo had like slightly different I forget who they had instead, but uh, no, Macho Man was on the Super Nintendo. What am I talking about? There was another person that wasn't. Uh, but but yeah, it was, th- that was a game that I found at one of those outlet stores. Mm. You know, where they have like overstock merchandise, and like they would like intentionally damage it to knock it down to twenty bucks or something mm. like that. So someone yeah. would just poke a hole through the through the corner of the box, and then it would be like twenty instead of fifty right. or sixty. And I remember seeing that. And I had kind of stepped away from wrestling at the time, like in terms of as a fan, I would just casually view it. Um, but when I found that game and started playing it, it was so funny the way like you would have that move where you would like choke the guys. Yeah. And, uh, and you could you could get them with the chair like you, there was like a chair leaning against the ring on the outside and just hitting them with the chair or seeing them run into stuff like run into the pole and fall down or yeah. just all that stuff was so fun. I was cracking up playing it with my friends and stuff. And that got me like back into wrestling full time. So like right around that 1995 year, um, starting with that Royal Rumble, the famous one foot Shawn Michaels Royal Rumble. That mm. was like, you know, since then I haven't missed much, uh, much wrestling. So, um, so that game is responsible for that. Not necessarily a Christmas story, but, um, but yeah, but what about you guys, James? Like, what was your, uh, do you have any memorable Christmas presents or any, any of those type uh, of things I possibly related to wrestling? 
well, funny that because like I remember like when I was like like nineteen ninety nine, I got my first VHS player. VHS, remember back in the day? Mm-hmm. Right as it was would... about to go out, you yeah. got one. <laughs> right as it was about to go out, without a doubt. But Whereas we, we lived with it, me and Vet lived with it forever. But yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you get it. I was young, young enough where I could get one, get my own one now. Yeah, his own. And we got like, I just started to get into wrestling, like properly as a kid. Mm. So I got a video player and I got two video cassettes that year mm. A Bug's Life. Mm hmm. King of the Ring 1999. Wow. That is genuinely uh, one of the softest spots for that pay-per-view because of Christmas. Because <laughs> that was like the one I got. And I watched that on a fucking loop. All the time. All the time. Like To the point where, you know when you watch a video so much, like the bottom of it starts to like go all white when you watch mm-hmm. it. Because yeah. the tape's yep. worn away. That's what I'd done. I'd like, wait, watch it, rewind it all the way to the back. Was that the one that uh, Billy Gunn won? Yeah, that was one that Billy Gunn won. <laughs> you got the Ken, worst one. Yeah, <laughs> Ken Shamrock getting taken out because he was bleeding through the mouth. Uh, oh, my God. I know they want that one back. Yeah. They would yeah. like to have that one back. Oh Undertaker and an orange rock. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was a fun one. <laughs> that was a oh weird one. That was, that was one where they did the promo and they did like the qualifying match. You had that broken arm, got tombstoned on the chair. And this is the weirdest thing. One of my first memories in wrestling was also on this video, but it was like a f- recap of it. it. Was when the Big Show pushed the car over Hardcore Holly. Oh man, Do you I remember, don't remember that? that? It was like that was like wow. me or something like that, where he was on a rampage. It was either it was either Bob Holly or Big Boss Man, but it was one of those two. It was before that pay per view. He was just going on a rampage. And I think it was Bob Holly because Bob Holly cut a promo about it, and he just pushes his car just over a ledge that he's supposed to be under. Just missed them by like that much, but you're like, oh my god! And at the time, I thought this is incredible stuff when I was a kid. And then go, right. looking back at it now, like twenty odd years later, I'm like, who doesn't love attempted murder? I mean, yeah. who totally. doesn't love attempted? Murder? That's on the bingo list. <laughs> filmed, filmed crimes is at the top of the right. bingo list. Yeah, right. Oh my god! Had like Shane McMahon try to dodge the ladder match for the whole day. Sean McMahon, yeah. uh, Shawn Michaels, funnily enough, outwitting Vince McMahon so you can get a partner. Well. Shawn Michaels outwitting Vince McMahon saying you can't not have the match. You're going to have the match. And Vince says, ah, but I can actually have a match with a partner of my choosing. And I was like, oh, what are you suggesting? Well, I'm going to get... And it was it was a weird promo because it was supposed to be like, I'm not going to have the match. Shawn Michaels came out and said, oh, you're not getting away with this one. And then Vince went, well, actually, plan B, I have someone in mind. I'll get a, a suitable replacement. And then it turned out to be Steve Blackman, but he got patched right away. Because it wasn't allowed. It was like, let's let's stop talking about that era of wrestling because it yeah. was very bad. But um, yeah, anyway, so I got like that present was um, the the video VHS. But then a couple of years later, which is probably a better one, I got a PlayStation Two. Whoa, Good which times. is DVD built in. That's why yeah. that's half the reason I got one because it's like that's a that's a two for one right there. Yeah. yeah, it was like a discount DVD player as well. It was Dang. cheaper to get the PS2 than it was to get a, mm-hmm. a DVD yeah. player at the time. That was wild. And That's you can set it up the yeah. same way. Yeah. Mental. Plus, you could watch uh, play SmackDown, Just Bring It yeah. on PS2. That's right. If you were Modern so inclined. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was my first PS2 wrestling game. Because I'd played through all the SmackDown games by that point. So we got like I got the PS2 for Christmas. But what my mom and dad had done in the living room is take a smaller TV and put it on a stand put it to the mm. side so I could set up the PS2 and just play all these games 
pretty much for the whole of Christmas. Like that was like Christmas Day. Okay, I'm just gonna go play my PS2 then. Yeah, play a bit of SmackDown. Just bring it. A bit of Onimusha. A yeah. bit of Burnout. That was a good game too. Oh, Onimusha was great. Onimusha. I love Onimusha still to this day. Yeah, I still play it. I've still got yeah. my PS2. I play it all the time. Yeah, my favorite console. Did you like ever. three? Did you yes. like Onimusha three? Yeah. Um, it was a bit of an odd one. Yeah. I'll enjoy that's the, the one that has John Renault in it. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. John Renault in it. <laughs> Just randomly. I know. I know. And like, uh, Sam English for some reason. Yeah, right. Like he's had like a normal Asian American accent for the most part, and then three comes along and is like, hello, my name is Sam <laughs> yeah, like, like, I'm English. Oh, <laughs> no, I enjoyed it for what it was. Like, it's, it's a, bit, a bit gimmicky at times, but in terms of the gameplay and how it panned out, I loved it. That was fantastic. Yeah. Two is the best one. Two is the best. I agree. Two is the best one. Yeah, by far. Uh, it was. It was. I don't know. Like it. It was. It was beautiful, but yet still had good gameplay, good story. Uh, of the three, did you ever crack my, the gift thing on the no. second game? Man, I t- it took me years before I could work out how to get the gift thing proper, get it done right. Mm-mm. It was no, good I, though. I, I never but, could. Yeah. Well, John, what about you? Do you have any wrestling-related Christmas uh, present uh, stories? <laughs> no, it has to be something. No, because wrestling was never a part of my life until much later in life, and so uh, that's true. That's true. You have it, said that. It's it's uh, so there's there's not been a lot of uh, wrestling stuff. I guess the closest thing I did get so when I was in when I moved here to Fort Worth, I got a PS2 because, like you said, I needed. A DVD player, but I also wanted the opportunity to play some video games. And so I think that was, I moved here in 02. And so that um, that Christmas, I think I put a list of games on there. And one of them was one of the SmackDown games. Just because I was like, I wanted something to try different. And mm-hmm. I had started getting back into wrestling a little bit. Not much. And so I was like, well, let me play one of these figure it out. Because I'm thinking... I don't know. I don't like read Nintendo Power or any of these other magazines to see what's going on. So I just like let me get it just to see what wrestling's like. Because I remember the WrestleMania Royal Rumble games. I was like, those are fun. Let me something easy to play around with and get it. And I got one of the SmackDown games. I was like, holy cow, this is like not what I expected at all. And I, I want to say it was the SmackDown that had the rock on it, and I forget what it was called, but I just remember that. That sounds like Just Bring It. That sounds like that. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> so I just remember it was. They were all rock catchphrases. Just yeah. Bring It, Shut Your Mouth, you know? <laughs> yeah, something like that. I just remember the rock was on the cover. It was blue, and it was SmackDown, whatever. And um, I enjoyed playing. It was a lot of fun. And uh, that was in my list. I think I got like four games that year. I don't remember what all I got, but I remember one of them was a SmackDown game. And uh, just because I needed something to do because Seminary was boring as hell and I didn't want to have to read, you know, scripture yeah. stuff all the time. So uh, and I didn't I didn't have cable, so I needed something to watch DVDs with. And I was like, or if I don't feel like watching a movie or whatever, let me I could play a video game. And that's how I justified the purchase to my parents. You know, like like they were because I, I said, hey, could you could you send me some money for a PS2. And they're like, why? And I explained to them why. You know, I was like, well, I want a DVD player, but, I, you know, if I get this, it does both. And, you know, and they're like, you know, my dad was actually impressed with the thought process. And 
Like I spent 50 bucks to my cousin to get a TV from him so I could hook it up because there was no TVs in the dorm rooms. So, uh, cause I was living on the camp and in campus at the seminary and on the dorms. And so I was like, uh, spent 50 bucks for my cousin in, in East Texas on my way over, got a TV from him, got the PS2, took it with me. And then, uh, I think I bought it used from somebody for like a hundred bucks oh. and you know, uh, Again. yeah, it came with like two controllers. And, uh, so I was like, okay, cool. And I think I had a remote for it for the DVD player. Um, yeah, so like for a hundred bucks, I got all that, and then I ended up having to get the the memory card thingies, you right. know, to, to yeah. do that. And so, uh, I bought those separately, but then because I found half price books is up here, um, uh, which is uh, they it's a basically a store where they resell used books and then video games and comics and stuff like that. And so, I'm in there looking at comics and the graphic novels, and I see they have like stuff for ps2 and i'm like oh so that's when i start grabbing other like games and wrestling games and i would just do my shopping for there because you're getting games for like half off you know yeah. of what you would get you know and they're not you're not getting the newest game sometimes you find you know uh, a newer game that somebody had played and sold it back because you know you sell you can sell it to them you get cash for your stuff so you could build up comics or magazines or books or whatever and take it to half price books. And you're not going to get like full value for it, but you're going to get some money and you just need some quick cash. Hey, well, yeah. I mean, when you're a drug addict, you can steal your little brother's games and, you know, sure. try to get your next fix. No problem. That's sure. what you, that's what you do. Nothing wrong with the game. Exactly. Right. Right. So, um, so that's, that's what, you know, that's how I would do that. So every now and then, Having remember the SmackDown game, if I would see one in half price books, I would pick it up to play, you know, in, in seminary. And then if I got bored with it, just take it half price books and sell it back because, totally. or if I didn't like it, because it was like, all right, fine. You know, just make sure you peel the sticker off of what they paid you. And then you bring it in, hey, I got this used game, you know, and they would go, oh, okay, that'll be uh, 20 bucks. There you go. You know, because, you know, why not? Yeah. Yeah, no. so, so you probably want to call it like a free game then. Yeah, yeah, it would eventually be a wash per se. You know, if you could, if you could take, you know, do everything that right and then take care of it. So it was fun. Um, that's, I mean, we kind of, we were in the same boat. Like Ben, I think you and I had the same parents because like we didn't get a Nintendo until much later. We had a ColecoVision and a television growing up mm-hmm. forever, like yeah. forever, and I can remember. We moved to our house, like because we were living in the trailer, and that's how we played. So I was about eight. Then we moved to the house in Lafayette, and then we were there for probably about a year or two. And so that's when I think we got it. And then we had the Nintendo until the PlayStation came out. And even then, we waited a year to two years to get the PlayStation um, because my parents were just like, mm. same thing. They didn't want us to like just get caught up playing video games and whatever, which we didn't have time because we were always playing sports. We were always doing some kind of thing. So if we played video games, we played for on the weekends a little bit or whatever, but that was about it. It's not like we had the consuming time to play stuff all the time. So, you know, it was never like, oh, yeah, let's sit down and spend six hours playing video games. You know, we just we just did it. And so we, we kept everything real basic. We had Super Mario Brothers. We had Duck Hunt. Uh, we had track and field, so 
but we didn't have the you know the power you know the the pad the power pad so where you could you know run on it or whatever and we didn't have the one where you had the turbo button where you could hold down the turbo buttons right you know and cheat that way we didn't have any either of those so uh and thankfully you didn't have a u-force yeah no or a a power glove another Oh, another useless had, peripheral, the power glove. My cousin had the robot, though. Do you remember? Oh, the, yeah. The well, robot? yeah, it used to come packed in. Like, Rob used to come packed in with the early NES. Yeah. And they only ever made two games that worked with him, which were Stack Up and Gyromite. Yeah. And uh, they seemed to work just as well with or without him. He was more right. or less just there to fulfill Nintendo's stubborn desire to pretend they're a toy company, even though everybody just wants them to shut up and make games. Right. So. Yeah, no, that was my cousin had that, and then I think he got tired of it, so he ended up throwing it off the second floor of his house just to see. Oh, if it was, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. My cousin got everything first, like as soon as shit came out, and then if he didn't like it, he would just fucking tear it up because you know he'd be Dude, mad. He'd, he'd be mad to find out what it could probably uh, fetch oh. now if he wanted to sell that that Rob. For yeah. collectors and stuff. Oh my god! Yeah, if you have a Rob now, it's, they're stupid. It's stupid. Oh, it must be like that. something insane. Let me check. It must be. Like yeah. Robotic operating buddy. Yeah. So yeah. so yeah so that's your one. Uh, so you you got a SmackDown game for Christmas once. Uh, once. Yeah. <laughs> once. Yeah. Because my parents then, are like uh, wrestling. Uh, and that set off a chain reaction that led you all the way here to today. Perhaps if you had never gotten that SmackDown game, we would not be talking right at this moment that's being recorded at 8.50 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on December... What day is this? This is the 20th. 20th. Yes, that's right. We don't know when people are going to hear this, but uh, (laughs) that's what time it is now. In fact, you know what, James? Scrap this whole thing. I don't want. I decided I don't want to be a part of it. So dump dump all this. (laughs) Dump it all. Yeah. Yeah. Nice catching up with you guys, but no one will ever know that this happened. Yes. Uh, Never mind. It's closed. These are not the podcast you're looking for. The mystery yeah. will be whatever was said. What did you talk about on the twentieth of December, twenty twenty-two? What were you talking about? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing happened. Nothing. Well, I mean, I guess you know. You know, vet with you having been in wrestling, was there anything exciting that, ha- that did you ever have to wrestle on Christmas or anything along those lines? Because you know, sometimes like with WWE, WCW, that was a big thing as uh, having shows on Christmas. But um, obviously, you weren't around in those earlier days. But was was there ever a chance or a time that you could have wrestled on Christmas or around the holidays? No, I don't think so because I wrestled at a school. So even though we did have, it was like we had weekly television and stuff, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, it wasn't, um, you know, they would close everything down around then. Yeah. So it, was, it wasn't an issue. Uh, they, they, of course, had, you know, around that time they would have December, you know, like Christmas holiday themed, uh, you know, shows. We would have a monthly show, you know, where we would have people... Uh, we would have to sell tickets to people to come to the show, you know, like that was part of our dues paying. Right. We would have one of those a month in addition to the weekly TVs. Hmm. So, um, you know, but, but no, I don't remember ever thinking, you know, oh, I got a wrestling. No, I never, we, we, we shut everything down as far as I remember. So I don't have any stories like that. Yeah. But. So no Christmas to dismember or miracle on 34th street, street fights or, you no. Know. 
but there was there was one time uh where they did a christmas show where i guess and i wasn't at this one but um it was uh like they they were they just they, they referred to it as the amateur show anybody that wasn't under a wwe contract like we would put on that show to you know raise the extra money or whatever for these for to give it to give the the students a chance to work in front of people right mm. so that would be the monthly show and i remember this the one christmas there was a guy named zachary or this guy was a trip um he would just like everything he said everything out of his mouth was a non sequitur he must have been on some kind of drugs like if matt riddle has nothing on this guy but it, it, to give you an example of what you know um what kind of a what kind of a guy was he'd be like uh like we'd be watching the show or something like uh in the audience or whatever and uh you know let's say beth phoenix was in the ring you know like having a match or something and he'd be sitting there like the whole time just kind of like stone-faced and then all of a sudden he'd just say he'd just go beth phoenix <laughs> so and that's it and nothing else so it's just like this is that kind of a guy so i guess i guess at one of the uh one of the, the christmas shows he debuted a christmas themed character named jingle balls uh <laughs> who may or may not have come out wearing nothing but um the barest of loincloths let's say oh <laughs> so wow. again i didn't see it myself but i believe it's somewhat legendary at the davis arena at least around that time so yeah, may have gotten everything shut down right off the bat right there. He didn't why he didn't smarten anybody up to what he was going to do that night. <laughs> but that's the oh, closest wow. thing I have to a wrestling Christmas story like mm. around my um era. So. Mm. Well, uh well, I don't I James, I can't think of anything else to add to this wonderful I discussion. When you have something like that, that's quite a strong end. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> like, I think we go out on that. How do, you, how do you like? How do you top that? How do you kind no, of go over that? There's, there's no way you do that. No, no, you don't. no. So this is this is why we bring you on, Vet, because you always find a way to just end it with a story that can't be topped. So, so we thank you, sir. Oh, thank you for coming and uh, celebrating Christmas with us. And uh, thank uh, you for having me. Yeah, even though you blew the spot that it's five days before Christmas, but you know. Uh, it's fine. It's good. It doesn't right. matter. You can edit that out too. Yeah, just like you edit <laughs> oh, this yeah. whole thing. Just press the <laughs> press the delete button. And press it's the all delete. Gone. It's all uh, good. But, you know, but, but thank yeah. you for coming. We appreciate you sharing and talking a little bit about Christmas with us. And uh, sure. uh, is there anything you want to? Obviously, we want you to tell where the people where they can find you. But uh, any Christmas message you want to send out to all the HMG Channel Attitude people out there? Um, this is your time to do that. Sure. Um, well, you know you can find me at Opinion Haver everywhere. And uh, I know that the holidays are a fun time for a lot of people. A lot of people look forward to this all year. It's also not very fun time for a lot of other people. And if you happen to be one of those people, um, don't let it get you too down. You know, just, uh, you know, however you need to celebrate and have fun, whatever you do uh, with whoever you do it with or by yourself, um, just try not to let it get you too down. It's just it's just a time of the year and what you're feeling is not real. It's 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 all imagined. So everybody enjoy the holidays in your own special way is my message. Um, and don't feel like you should be doing something else or you should not be doing something. Just uh, just go with the flow and uh, and uh, have fun your own way. 
um, is what I would say. Um, so, but you know, I hope whatever your holidays are, I hope, uh, that, uh, you have great ones. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. You know, that's a great message. And, uh, that's going to end this segment. I think, right, James, uh, for our holiday special. So vet, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Uh, and, uh, we'll catch everybody in the next segment and vet. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye boys. Thank you, sir. Merry Christmas. when you get to like Christmas and it's like everything just speeds up a little bit like things happen you, know, you have all these plans and you go right I'm going to do this I'm going to do that I'm going to plan my, my wrapping and then it all sort of congeals together and it becomes like an absolute race to like the finish line and it's going to be rapid I feel like what's, that's what's going to happen now <laughs> it's just going to be like quick fire Christmas chill for the next like little bit Ray doesn't know anything about that though do you Ray? no he doesn't no. I'm hurt and I'm old and I'm fucking tired and I work with fucking children. <laughs> That's what I got for you. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa, 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 Kwanzaa tool. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Hanukkah is on day night two or three. No, no, we're on night uh, two. Four. 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 Okay. Four. Yeah. 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 Because it was Sunday, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Where I work, uh, it's like, I don't know, 60 40 with uh, Jewish people, mm. but they're, they're wonderful. Swear, oh, yeah. Really nice. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. You guys ever had a potato pancake? Yes, latkes oh, are great. A good, are uh, like made by a uh, sixty-something-year-old Jewish woman. Yeah. Oh my God, that's yeah. the best. Yeah, there was there was growing up there was a guy back home. His mom was Jewish, and oh, she, oh God, she brought potato. Like so, one year for the holidays for our class to teach us about Hanukkah. His grandma made a whole bunch of latkes for everybody. Oh, so good. It was yeah, but so good. Have you ever had those and the same lady makes the cinnamon applesauce to put on the oh, lock? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, you're talking a game here. Well, then you don't, you don't know what the fuck you no. ate then, man. This is yeah. a, But yes, or, Merry Christmas to Merry all. Merry Christmas, all yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. I like cinnamon and apple with the potato. That's oh, yeah. No, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, or you do sour cream. cream. Sour cream with it. Yeah. Ooh, sour cream that works too, bro. So what's up, fellas? How are you guys hey. doing? It's, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Been a hot minute since we all got together for this. It's been a yeah. fucking while. It's yeah. been a whole year, man. Has it been a year? Eh. It has yeah. been. Well, yeah. if you think about it, last time we did this was Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we didn't do Christmas in... last year because, you know, somebody. Co- COVID? Yeah. COVID. COVID. I mean, we had Christmas, I mean, virtually. Right. Yeah. Like it happened. Kind of yeah. Christmas. We had a kind of Christmas. Right. Ish. Yeah, what the hell are you doing drinking at this? Oh, wait, you know what? I forgot. What yeah. is it, like midnight over there where you are? Uh, yeah. It's like, what? Nearly nine o'clock, five o'clock <laughs> somewhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> what time is it? Is it almost drinking time for me? Four o'clock. All right, that's what time. That's close enough. That's close enough, right? Yeah. My Chris got my Christmas back scratcher. There you go. Oh, that's what you need. Nice proper wooden one as well. That's straight so in the back of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I got? I got a Christmas boil on my ass. I really do. It's 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 painful and annoying. I never had a boil on my butt. Yeah. It's like right on the. Uh, do you know where the butthole is? Yeah. Right, oh. where the, right where the cheek starts. Oh, right there. Oh no. Uh, yeah. See, man. I've had it like right on like the actual main part of the cheek, so it's not so bad. But right no, there. Oh. This one is right there, so that when you sit in the toilet, 
on a turlet, as we say in New York. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's it's just like uh, if you don't sit right, you sit right on that boil. <laughs> it's not Hello. Good. Anyway, Christmas yeah. cheer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's coming in hot with being old, fucking children, and boils on his ass. Oh so, God. all right. Yeah. This is. This is the content people pay for for big Hell right. Fucking yeah. yeah, absolutely. This is what we do. So. Absolutely. But oh, I was man. just mentioning. I was mentioning off off air real quick that James, you you, you seem to lost your uh, you don't have boobies. You don't have you don't have those anymore. Yeah, very, I'm getting a bit thin. trim. I'm getting a bit thinner than there was like a year ago. Getting there. I've good, still yeah. got like a way ways to go, but football is good to me now. Playing football on a weekly basis and just what a what a what a goddamn what a goddamn World Cup World Cup final oh that was. God, oh my! I've never Lord. seen a game like that before, man. Mbappe that is, is is that kid is. Yes. If you look at what he's done at the age of twenty three and you compare him to Lionel Messi at this point in juncture, that kid is like far, like way ahead. Yeah, of where this kid. The only thing is that he's kind of a dick. So, yeah, he has I mean, a little bit. All the good soccer people are, but the question is, will he be able to? Like, that's the thing about Messi is he's maintained this level, you know, all mm-hmm. this whole time. Will someone like that be able to, you know, maintain it? That's the big question. Yeah, that is the big question. So, you know, Messi's and he does it the whole. I mean, he does it with you know the, in these higher leagues, and so you, you got to wonder without any hurt or anything like that, is he going to be able to? Go for that that extended period of time that Messi is. So. Yeah. Well, Messi I mean, will come. He'll he'll come and play another three years here in 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 the United States at the with the MLS, and that'll be it. Think yeah. he'll do MLS? Yeah, he's gonna go to LA. That'd be fun. That'd be a fun little playground. for yeah. a couple of years just to wind yeah. it down the career. MLS Get another trophy pretty, for the cabinet. It's getting better. I mean, NYFC is pretty good, man. Um, but I mean, it's, it's nothing compared to like you know. World Club, World Club, World yeah. Cup, or you know, World Championship, you know, yeah. or the EPL. The EPL is just you know, Premier League is just like years, but yeah. then that's like that's above a lot of leagues. Yeah. That's a league that a lot of aspire to. But MLS has been quite good now and again. I've not really followed it as much, but I do like the like the looks of like LA Galaxy, Inter yeah. Miami seem to be once they, they work themselves out, they'll probably be a thing. Yeah, fuck the Red Bulls. I'm I've become a, oh, a bit of a fan of NYFC. So they're going to yeah. play in Yankee Stadium. So it's kind of anyway. So Christmas. So what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Not very much. Just kind of get myself set up. I'm in like I don't know about you guys. I'm like full on graft for the next few days. Like I'm in workers Christmas. I've got to like mm-hmm. open up shop, sell, sell, sell. That's all we're doing for the next few days. Selling. You want to get? You guys want to watch? Because I'll sell you one. Or do you want watches fixed? I'll sell you one. But I don't know how, when you. I don't know when you'll get them, but I'll sell you one. <laughs> have, an app, have an Apple Watch, bro. I don't, my wife. I have. I have like ten watches here. Now I wear is this fucking thing to track my heart, so I don't pass yeah. out somewhere and die. Get that nice wee watch display ready to go for watches you'll never wear. Right. Yeah. Sucks. Mm. I only wear them like when I go out, like on a date with my wife, or like a what do you a wedding, I guess, or whatever the hell church. Um. Yeah. You know, uh, that type of thing, you know? So, yeah. Well, I got a nice Swiss watch, but, you know, they made these bands now for the Fitbit or, or the Apple Watch now. So, where it's like, I don't even, yeah, I don't even wear it, you know? Like, so when I go to a wedding now, I just have this on and people don't even know half the time. Yeah. Right. My watches are just the bollocks. They're like, incredible. I, like, this, like, I got, I don't know, you guys can, like, this is a metal band. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Mine's a metal band too. Just but then I have a gold one. I have a silver one. It looks yeah. nice, nice and dressy and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Christmas. What's going on? 
Yeah. Well, you Excuse know. <laughs> Can we say Christmas? Hanging out. Why do, we, why do we have backgrounds and shit if this is only audio? Because you... it's nice and jovial. Yeah. It's a bit more. I mean, we could cool. put like a plain black background. No, don't do that. that. Don't do that. Yeah. It's to get us in the mood, Big Ray. You know, we're just, we're here. So I guess, Ray, question for you, because, you know, you and I, we grew up in church a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your favorite Christmas memory that involves the church and doesn't involve the church? Oh, a Christmas memory that involves the church. Oh, this, oh, this is a lot. Um, you know, again, I grew up in church and I was a teenager in church and I was a young adult in church. So I have a ton of Christmas memories. Um, I could give you a couple of them and condense them. Um, everything from like being a small kid. So our church is a relatively big church. Pentecostal churches are usually smaller in the city, Mm -hmm. but, but, um, but you know, our church was blessed with not only having one building, they were able to buy the second building. There was a fire there. Nobody got hurt. Nobody died. But church was able to, you know, take two uh, buildings, put them together. And we have one big, not mega church, but it's, you know, it's a nice size church, thousand people. Sure. But growing up, man, uh, it was it was a smaller congregation and the church was still growing. And and, you know, we would the basement area. We had all these tables set up and then there was a big kitchen in the back. And what would happen is, you know, during the Christmas service or whatever, you know, we would uh, the the ladies would start heading downstairs, and they would, and as the service is going, you could smell the food they're cooking. You know, mm-hmm. sp- Spanish food and stuff, and that smell would come up. And I remember that as a child. And then you know, all the the kids would be led downstairs, and they had all the tables for the kids and stuff. And then you know, we didn't know that Santa Claus was like you know Satan and stuff. So so you know, <laughs> one of the deacons or something would dress like Santa Claus and. And hand out, you know, Christmas presents. And it was so cool. And most of the time, I didn't even know it was my dad, like all like almost all the time. But um moving forward as a young adult, bro, I was in like so many plays and you know, the church choir and stuff. And I think that was like the best, like being 14, 15 years old and and you know, being a being in the play, being Joseph. I played Joseph, bro. I pl- I've played Joseph Jesus, um, a centurion. What else have I played? Moses, uh, Jesus Christmas. I've played, I've I've been in a bunch of church plays, and it was just been fun. like the, the the stable guys as well. Uh, I I was never a donkey. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Yeah, shepherd. <laughs> she- I think he's talking about shepherds. Oh, no, shepherd? what, what, shepherd. who were the ones when like they tried to find a the place three kings? To stay? The three kings. Oh, the, oh, the wise three kings. Are, Actually, wise yes, I was a king. I was a king. Mm. The one with the myrrh. Okay, I was that guy. Whatever myrrh is. But um, but yeah, man. So it was just a different time. Um, everybody who was any everybody who was in the neighborhood would go to church. People we grew up with and stuff. And you know, as a teenager, you had your girlfriend and stuff. And then the youth ministry we would have our own separate, you know, uh, gathering upstairs where we're listening to like Christian rap music and stuff and <laughs> playing games, dude, and just sneaking off and trying to get you know make out with your girlfriend in, in the closed classroom and God's watching. But man, it's it's community. Uh, yeah, that was that was great. Uh, and you said so. You said in the church and not outside of the church, right? Yeah, yeah. Like like because you know when when people think of Christmas in New York, they think of the Rockefeller tree or just ah. you know, just different things like that. Like what what it you said you lived there. What's been your favorite just memory of living in the city Christmas time? It's changed because it's not the same at all at all. And I'll I'll really? explain to you why. So right after Thanksgiving, 
you know, I grew up in the projects. Uh, I guess mm. you would. You know what the projects are, right, James? Yeah, a, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Lo, uh, low income housing, you know, the hood, I guess you would say. Yeah. But it didn't so matter. Like apartment block. Is that sort of like. Yeah. Five story yeah. apartment building. Sometimes they're really big complexes and stuff, but it's lower income housing. You know, we were poor and stuff, but there was something about that week after Thanksgiving where everybody, everybody, didn't matter whether you were Hindu, black, white, Asian, Jewish, everybody had lights, Christmas lights in their windows. And then, you know, the trees that people would put lights on the trees and you have Santa Clauses out and 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 right sitting right there in the middle in front of the buildings that you that the drug dealers would be selling their drugs at and stuff and um it was just beautiful man you know it was a good time and honestly like people weren't jerks at that time man it was just everybody it was it was it was great man i hate the commercial part like when i was a kid going to rockefeller center i could go you know me and my parents would just jump on a jump on a train and just go and just walk up to the tree oh look we could walk literally under the tree mm-hmm. now like uh, <clears throat> 10 years ago or whatever. And now they, everything's all fenced off and there's way too many people, too many tourists there and you can't enjoy it. I, I, I'm glad to say that I was able to enjoy uh, New York Christmas before the world changed and the world changed. Probably I would say permanently around 2000, 2001, like after 9-11, everything mm. started changing. So I was able to experience that. But if I can give you one more memory, man. Yeah. Um. And and I, I look back at this and I always get a little emotional, but you know, my father and my mother, my father was the only one really working. My mother would babysit, you know, just make extra cash and shit. But you know, I, I wish I can go back and really thank my father because I can't believe like the fact that I had a Nintendo and eighty nine dollar games. Think about that, like in the 80s. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how he did it. Like this, we he had three sons and, and a wife that depended on one check, dude. And I don't think I, I totally understand or I understood the sacrifices my father made and how hard he worked and how much he saved. And, you know, now as an adult, I find out that, you know, that my father sometimes would go without lunch or whatever, you know, just to put extra money aside. And it's like... I didn't appreciate it. I was a kid. I didn't get it. But one of my favorite memories was uh, my parents didn't know how to hide gifts. You know, we lived in an apartment. (laughs) So for some reason, they thought hiding the gifts behind their bed with a blanket over it was going to whatever. (laughs) But I'll never forget the Christmas, man, where I, I crawled up over that bed and I peeled back that um that blanket that they had covering gifts every year and i saw the big box for my ljn wwf wrestling ring and i saw the big rubber ljn hulk hogan the hillbilly gym and junkyard dog that's like that christmas was awesome bro Mm -hmm. i remember my opening those gifts and just my father sitting there watching. Oh, Bob says, that's, that's so cool. You know, he's, he's looking at me and I played from the morning all the way to, I think it was the, to one o'clock in the morning we stayed up, you know, and they're watching Christmas movies and cooking and stuff. And I'm just having the matches of my life, you know, WrestleMania too, <laughs> you know, right there uh, in my living room. 
it's just um you know the old thing that they say the, the what is it uh youth is wasted on youth youth is wasted on the young yeah yeah uh i wish i would go back and just even if i could just watch you know just watch and, mm. and just experience that again the world has changed man so much mm. and uh i have i can go on for three hours bro with incredible oh, yeah. christmas memories but thank you for asking yeah yeah man yeah, I mean, and I mean, it's it's interesting because you know, every I think we all have experienced. I think Vet mentioned it, and everybody else. We've all experienced the looking for the presents and finding them, and you know, he talked about finding you know the wrestling game and peeling it out of the the game <gasps> oh, and playing it. I did that too. Scientific <laughs> as well. Yeah, like make sure put everything <laughs> back, but you know, the DVD is in his game. He's been playing it for a week, but yet, oh, hey, this is great, you know. Uh, I mean, I mean, isn't that universal though? That you go through every kid has gone through Christmas and looked for their presents and tried to find it ahead of time and you know figured out this is what they were getting. I mean, it gets part of the fun when you're a kid, doesn't it? Yeah, like, I mean, for presents. you know, I mean, I, I I will admit that there have been times where I thought I knew everything and then my parents they showed up with something and I was like, holy shit! Like, I mean, I knew that Santa wasn't real, probably. By eleven or twelve, I think it was. I think you know, we, my my parents, did, but they were like, "Okay, Santa's real, or you get no Santa presents." And so it's like, mm, you want Santa presents? Yeah, I mean, so you want Santa presents? So I was like, "Yeah, Santa's real," because I mean, I'm the oldest <laughs> of, of three, and so I'm not going to ruin it for my sister. So, like, for the longest time, we just said Santa presents, even like we're seventeen, eighteen years old, and we're like, "Oh, look what Santa got us! Like, this is awesome." Because, you know, my sister was five years younger. She was still, they were still kind of doing that dream for the youngest one until finally we all were like, all right, we good now? Everybody knows Santa's not real? And then great kids came. So I got to tell you, man, you know, I know you say Santa's not real. I swear. I, I So, you know, you ever have a dream that sticks with you? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. your entire life, that one dream? Yeah. I've had a couple of them, but there was one Christmas, and I don't remember how old I was. I don't remember anything. But I remember this Christmas, or Christmas Eve, I was kind of like in that half-asleep, half-awake state. Mm. And I remember I, I, I waddled my ass over to the living room, and I looked around the corner, and I fucking saw Santa Claus putting gifts under the trees. I don't know if it was my father. I don't, Like, I don't know. Well, my father never had a full costume, maybe the church costume, mm. but I don't know. Like to like like as a kid, I thought I saw Santa Claus, and then I got scared and I I ran back to the room and then I woke up and it was morning. Oh, it's weird, man. It was one of the and I'm not even making this up just for the show. I, it was just such a freaking weird experience. Um, and it's you know who did you guys wake your parents up by the way at like the crack of dawn? Like oh, yes, one. absolutely. Yeah, get straight in there. But my dad was already up because he's that crazy guy that wakes up at four thirty-five in the morning to go run three eight three miles. So <sighs> not my father. <laughs> no, <I'm> not. <laughs> he, he, he took it. He took way too many bumps, man. Poor guy. Yeah. yeah. I used to be terrible with dates, so I used to wake my mom up like every day, like for like four days before Christmas. <laughs> Is it Christmas yet? No. Okay, come back All tomorrow. Right. <laughs> You yeah. suck, mom. I hate you. Imagine, yeah, oh, Jesus. Jesus. <coughs> well, Wait, well, hey. are you serious? Yeah, that's what you know. How is he? 
That was a fucking Christmas. Hey, so what about Trey? Did you guys have any like family traditions that like you still carry over to this day? Like mm. you just made me sad. Oh. <sighs> I don't think so. Like we have like like a routine more than mm. anything. You know, like get up in the morning, around about mm. half seven, eight o'clock, sit down, get a nice cup of tea. I never used to, like when I was younger. I never used to drink tea, but for some reason, like it was just like a thing. Like we just sat down, had tea, opened up the presents, had some breakfast, and then just kind of chill. It's, it's it seems like such a simple thing. It seems like a simple vanilla thing, but it's one of those things that we maybe don't get to do as often as a mm. family at the time. It's just like, especially as I got older, I sort of like went off and done my own things. So when it came to like Christmas, it was like a nice moment of just quiet togetherness and just enjoying each other's company before even starting the party inside of things or the food and anything like that it was just nice and just put the feet up and they're just taking stock of everything like appreciating all that stuff which is always quite nice it doesn't seem like much of a like tradition as such but always to always like that part of the day at the beginning like before you even open the presents or anything like that that nice sort of like first one up puts the kettle on gets everything ready Everyone makes their way down, and you're just sitting there, just nice and relaxed. You don't, you don't feel like you have to rush it or anything. You just, take, you got your own flow, and already you feel like at ease. Mm. The day feels so much better for it. Like I think if you just woke up, went straight into whoa, presents and all that stuff, and you go 100 mile an hour, and you go for the day, it just feels like it flies in. So it's quite, and it does fly in. Like it doesn't feel like no time at all. The time when you get like dinner ready, have the food, drinks, all this stuff, and then by the end, you by like you think it's only been a few hours, and it's already 10 o'clock at night. Mm. So it's nice to have like that bit in the morning where it just feels like it goes on forever. Right. Is it wrong? Is Am I crazy? But Christmas felt like it lasted longer when we were kids. Mm. Yeah. Like the day that the build up to it. Um, I, I'll tell you, it's a tradition that we had that unfortunately just doesn't happen anymore because we don't all live in the same neighborhood anymore. But, um, you know, in the projects, remember I told you they're shorter buildings and they have bigger buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my my mother's side of the family, which I was much much closer with, they lived in these bigger buildings, um, and they lived by the FDR Drive, the East River. Anyway, doesn't you don't guys don't know where that is, but um, you know my so my grandmother lived on second floor, right, and then our aunt lived right down the hall from her. Then on the f- fourth floor, my cousin lived there, and then we had neighbors and friends that lived on that floor. Fifth floor, my aunt had the biggest apartment. She had a, I think, a four bedroom apartment, big apartment. And that's big for the city. Yeah. And that was the top floor. Now, this is what what would happen. So, my mom, my dad, Ricky, Willie, my brothers, we will all go and walk. It was like a five, 10 minute walk, right? To grandma's, right? You start off on the second floor. Second floor is where all the food is being cooked. All the food is being cooked. Some of the food is being cooked on the fifth floor, but I'll explain that to you later. So, now, Boom. Food, grandma, presents, all that stuff, second floor, right? Then you start making your way up to the upper floors, right? The middle floors, you got um, it's kind of like music and partying, and it's it's different music. This is the younger, the younger cousins, like the mm. teenage cousins. So we're listening to the rap music and all that stuff. Then you go to the top floor where my aunt lived with the big apartment, and you know, they have the neighbors and everything. There's more food, and that's where all the alcohol is. The, the the big uh the big uh what do you call those coolers full of beer and liquor and all that stuff and and that's where the traditional um Spanish uh 
Spanish and American uh, Christmas music, but mostly like salsa and merengue and that stuff we used to listen to was playing. And that was the dance floor. Ah. So, and then the kids are running up and down the stairwells in between playing tag <laughs> and freeze tag. And we're going around the building. And that was every freaking year, man. Until, mm. you know, around 13, you know, my, my grandmother passed away. She was like the rock. And then a couple of years later, my grandfather passed away. And then people started moving south, Florida, Savannah, Georgia. Um, everybody's gone from the city. Like, mm -hmm. that's why I can't wait to finally make that move uh, next year. Because all the family that I grew up with, they still do that. But they do it down south. Mm. But they do it from house to house. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? So I'm yeah. I'm really looking forward to that, man. Uh it's mm -hmm. unfortunately it's not really a tradition that I care we carry on. Maybe one where we open one present at midnight mm -hmm. and then you know you're allowed to open that one present. But me and my wife, we kind of like like I'll come Christmas night from work because I, I usually work and then uh we'll open our presents late. For some reason, Jen wants to open our presents in the morning this year, so we'll see. But yeah, I miss those days, man. Mm. Yeah, that was ours. We we would always travel to East Texas because we lived in South Louisiana, but most of our family were uh, over in East Texas, the Tyler area, and we'd drive up and we would have one night would be my mom's side of the family with all the cousins at one house playing, doing all that fun stuff. And then uh, uh, the next night would be at my dad's side of the family with the grandparents and cousins and everybody and, you know, great aunts and all that. And having, I mean, and it was just a hoot because both families were similar but different. You just do different fun stuff and have a good time. And, you know, uh, like it, it, just, it just eventually stopped I, for my mom's side of the family when my grandfather died. He, that's kind of, you know, because he had... He had the family house, you know, that was uh, with the dairy farm and everything. So we were always going to Papaw's house, you know, and that was that was a place we would all gather because it was his place. And, and it was the mom and them all grew up there. So they knew where everything was. The kitchen was the kitchen. You knew where you were doing. And they had enough space for everybody. And then after he died, we tried going for a little bit longer. But, you know, everybody started getting older. Kids started going to college. And, um and we just, uh, you know, we moved from, the, and then with the dad's side of the family, once mom's side of the family stopped meeting, then our side of the family, and then dad's side kind of petered out too. So I get you, man. It's it's one of those things that you miss nowadays. You wish you could have taken more time. <laughs> you know, the problem is, can I just throw in that? And this is a society thing now. Like everything has changed. I think, like our generation, right? Right. James probably got the tail. And James, how old are you again? 32. Yeah, so you got the tail end. You're about the same age as my my nephew. Yeah. Um, we got that generation, and prior to that, and prior to that, and prior to that, and prior to that, family and gathering and just sitting down and talking. You know, you know, it's a great memory, real quick. And I know it's a, it's like nothing, but like I said, it's just my mom cooking because we know we're going to we're to you know we're taking that food. We're gonna go to mm -hmm. grandma's house. I'm playing with my toys, or would it be a video game or something? And just my dad, just he he wouldn't uh, have the TV on. He would have um, it's called um, campesino, uh, campesino, musica campesina, which is basically like a old native Puerto Rican Christmas music hmm. 
and it's it's old school salsa. I can't really uh, explain how it sounds. It's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful sound. It's very acoustic. Um, nothing electric. Uh, acoustic guitars beating on 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 cowbells, and it's just really. But it's nice, man. Mm. And that's what I remember. And I miss that. And my father just sitting down reading the paper. Who reads the paper? Who sits down to read the paper or magazine? Mm. You know. Yeah. Uh, I miss those days, man. I really do. And uh, you can still have them now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, it's just we have to make more of an effort. And, you know, with the pandemic and everything, people got used to doing this whole virtual bullshit. But uh, I'm hoping. Not, not our family. They were like, fuck that shit. Come on over. Fine, <laughs> That's what we did. <laughs> fuck it. We're okay. Yeah. This is my. That's why I got to go to Florida, man. <laughs> Nobody gave a shit over there. People got yeah. sick. They got sick. It was what it was. Nobody, yeah. well, except my aunt, she died, but she was already very old and already sick. You know, COVID didn't kill her, but COVID did take a toll on her. Yeah. You know, but, but not, but I'll tell you, man, I'm looking forward to this Christmas being my last here in New York City. I'm looking forward to new things, new, uh, looking forward to my new 4K TV my wife's supposed to buy me. And I'm looking around the house. I don't know what the hell she hit it. I want that thing. I'll tell you how we did it for my dad one year. What do you say about a TV, right? But what we did is we'd sort of, we had like a ledge next to our fireplace. So it was like a sort of shelving ledge sort of thing. So what we done was initially we wrapped that as like a decoration. So just sort of wrapped the top and the bottom. So it looked like it was a big wrap present. So over uh, time we kept it there for a little bit and then like we wrapped that. the TV in the same stuff. So eventually we just snuck it in there and kept it in place and then put like a table in front of it. So it just looked exactly like this that's cool thing nice so when christmas morning came we're like oh we're missing one. Oh, wait a minute and pulled the table out and out came the tv so look for ledges look for little weird ledges that don't seem like they'd, they'd fit in the house it's yeah uh, and the kids nowadays they, they don't they don't really respect rudolph the red-nosed reindeer oh. charlie brown christmas sucks you know? it sucks man because <gasps> now you can yeah. just no, Charlie Brown Christmas house. sucks. I'm not a Charlie Brown guy. I'm just saying, like yeah. Christmas, like those little like, things. No, I, know, I know what you mean. I know like, you mean. like you knew, you knew, like, like you go into school and mm. and Monday night, Monday night at eight o'clock, they're giving the Charlie Brown Christmas or Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer or Santa Claus coming to town. Like those specials they used to give was special, but now mm-hmm. you just pick up your phone, and stream shit. Yeah, all the same. Yeah, yeah. There's no appointment TV anymore. You know, oh. yeah, none of these specials or anything like that. That was, you know, you got the Hallmark Channel and twenty-four hour Christmas movies and shit like that. Just, you know, like I get it what they're doing, but man, it'd be nice to just have. Hey, we're gonna show this at this time, and that's it. You know, yeah. you know, to gather around and do that. So, you know, but Ray, I I think you gotta go, my friend, don't you? I do. I have to actually, you know, we're recording this on the same day. I recorded the next level wrestling review with my boy, the vet. And we actually had on, uh, I don't know when you're going to play this, uh, probably this weekend. Yeah. Christmas but, Eve. Yeah. That's yeah. Eve. Yo, bro, we had Timmy Baltimore on. We did like a three hour show. Yeah. It was so much fun. We had a lot of fun. Timmy is so fucking nice. Um, not longer than the one we did with Mike Mondo, but we have other guests coming on. And, who knows strangler steve who hasn't done a real wrestling podcast and you know like for real like yeah. i can't wait he may be coming on but um yeah i'll, I'll be doing a show in a few uh, colin's supposed to be jumping in and uh i had to get ready for that but um you know I, listen guys i love you guys man i appreciate you genuinely 
Yeah. James. Thank you. You know. Um <laughs> I don't know if I was it K Fape still or no, he already? told everybody go this for last week. Go, he told already, everybody this already, last week. I already mentioned that. I've already okay. said that on the show. All right. So don't make me sad that I'm that's weird now. because I, I fucking I usually listen to your shows. Did I miss a show that you said? He said it this past Saturday. This past Saturday. Okay, I, was, I didn't listen to this. That's crazy because I listen to literally every episode uh every week. But anyway, um James. I'm gonna miss you, buddy. I'm gonna miss you too. I really uh, it's um uh, I don't know. You know, we build these uh these relationships here on, on social media and stuff, and when your old partner left, that hurt. Yeah, you know, I miss you guys together, but then you know, you started doing this shit with John. I was like, oh, is that gonna work? And it fucking worked. Yeah, it worked really well, and I I loved your differences and your similarities and, and just uh you, the way you guys work together is just great and just yeah. feeding off of each other. I don't blame you for for wanting to, to leave or take a break, but I really hope that you do something uh, that I can listen to because uh, not to be weird and shit, but I'll miss your voice. <laughs> I will. I, I'll, no, that's weird, right? But I'll miss your voice. I'll miss listening, listening to you. And, you know, I can't even remember how you got on. I don't know if it was me or Ben or whoever the fuck it was, but... I did. I was going to. I'm going to tell the story later on in this, but yeah, I got a message out of the blue from Ben one day. Was it? Hey, do you want to do the spack attack? No, yeah, because I, I think it was like uh, you and Joe. Do you want to do it? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Still <Is that laughs> <it? laughs> out of the blue. I'm looking forward to telling that story. But it was. It's been great. I've, I've really enjoyed it, and it's it's been like getting to meet guys like you. And I'll never forget doing. I don't know how pressed for time for, it, but I'll never forget the the next level podcast where there was. Uh, me you, and the doc and we were and oh, you yes. Hogan. oh my god that was oh, that was so much fun <laughs> that was cool that, that was, was cool the best or watching cool. or being a fly on the wall watching you two do your fantasy battle like promos against each other oh <laughs> my god shit, that was hilarious that oh was. that was good fun too you know what That's i miss like, I, I actually miss you and, and uh this kid uh geez adders doing uh just talking like this is a wrestling podcast they're just talking football soccer yeah you know and i <laughs> james like uh are you are you looking to do anything like audio wise like on your own time or are you gonna you know like, hopefully you gonna... i've got a lot of stock to take in first you know just with work and everything taking right. over a big chunk of my time in my life now but i, I don't want to kind of let it go and that's that was kind of thing i mentioned when it I announced this as well. I, like, I don't really want to go as such. It's just life's dictating that life's it tough. has to be this way. And it's, I'll, I'll still love to do more, you know, podcasting or voiceover work. You know, I've done a voiceover workout for a theater and education play that went out around the country uh, recently. So it's, it's always going to be a part of me. Like I would, I would hate to just be like, this is it. This is the end. I don't do anything again. I, I don't think I could do that. I think I'd absolutely just go crazy. I'll be honest. Some kind of outlet. I'm going to tell you a secret. Uh, If you've been doing this enough, uh, just like, you know, they say wrestling is a sickness. This is kind of a sickness. So, uh, and, and, you know, I I stopped doing it for a while too. And I just ended up feeling like I miss my boys. I miss my community. I miss, I don't miss wrestling. See, this is the thing. It's not about wrestling. I think why we do this, honestly, we ain't getting rich off of it. I'll tell you that. Why we do it is because we, you know, we get to talk to 
somebody who we enjoy talking to once a week for two hours a week. Yeah. And remember what I told you about how things have changed? And the thing, one of the things that have changed is our, our, our connections. You know, people stop coming over the house. And, you know, back in the day, I, there's a comedian that he, he speaks about how back in the day, you know, somebody knocked on your door and like, oh, my God, somebody's at the door. Guys, come to the room. You know, get the kids. Somebody's at the somebody's coming over. And now somebody knocks on your door at fucking seven o'clock at night. Who the fuck? Did you call somebody to come over? Are you expecting a package? <laughs> people turn off the lights and shit. They hide. We don't want no company. But, you know, I think deep down inside of us, man, you know, uh, we just want to communicate and talk and, and just yeah. relate and just have fun and just. And that's 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 why I've been doing this for so long. And there's there may come a time where I can't just like you yeah. guys. But I'm going to keep I'm going to keep pushing. James, I'm going to miss you, man. I mean that I'm going to miss you. I don't know who's going to miss you. Hey. You know, you know, what's crazy. I don't know if others will believe me when I say this. And of course, John is amazing. But at the same time, I still miss listening to others. Yeah, I do. I, I still miss listening to others. Um, and there, there are certain people I still I miss listening to to Matt, but Matt does his podcast. I don't like mm. South Park, so fuck it, I don't listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> but at least I know he's out there, and if I want to hear his voice, I can hear it. And there are a bunch of people yeah. that yeah. have blessed us with with their time. And uh, yeah. I'll just like I I can't say enough how much I'm gonna miss you doing this. So uh, my invite is, you know, if you ever get like a little itch and shit, if you get an itch and you hey yeah. uh, you know. Hey guys, you know I want to come on the next level podcast. I'll be like, hell yeah, bro! You just come on, man. Whenever the fuck you want, bro. I'll you be know, there. you I'll know, there's there. always an open invitation for this or the academy. So you yeah. know, I'll so be who's the, who's the new Who's the new coast? Who is it? You don't have one yet. <laughs> My life. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I know. As well, if SmackDown I, turned out a better. As if I don't already have to replace somebody here at work. But I have to find another person for my job here at work. I've got to find somebody for the podcast. Oh, there'll be there'll be someone. Holy shit! HMG right. will always have someone. It is four. It is four twelve, yeah. and I literally yeah, okay. have to go live in the next fifteen minutes. So let me set this show up. I love you guys. God bless love you. Too, man. Thank Take you. Take care of yourself. Thank you, Thank you for your Appreciate time, man. Much appreciated. May God be with you, my friends. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas man. Later, Peace. fellas. Now, you know I was going to end this, but we'll just keep it going. Uh no, you need to end it. I've got to go. Don't end it. I gotta oh, go you, I, I got to go. Oh, damn it. Right, okay. I'll stop it now. We'll come okay. back. We'll come All right. Back. Yeah, hang on. I'll be right back. <laughs> my eyes are floating, man. I got to go. <laughs> oh my There we go. Record. We're recording. We my eyes are not floating anymore. Are they not? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine's were kind of floating a little bit. Like, that's the ray at the end there. Yeah. Try not like think you too much of what we're about to talk about. See, your, yours are floating for a different reason. Mine were floating because yeah. I had to go pee. Yours are because about the crop. Because, you know, probably there's a big difference. There's a big probably. Difference. People listen to this and if we don't wind up crying, be like, fucking lie to me, bro. <laughs> fucking lied. Come on, man. <laughs> Give us a chance. Yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah. This is it. This is it. This and, is it. Uh, maybe this is why I've, it's kind of ran a bit long. Maybe this is kind of 
maybe it's a mental thing. You know, when you're like, I said it on the, like the episode where we announced this, and I was like, don't really want to go. Mm. Maybe that's what it is. This whole like, yeah, life's taken over, but then there's that little part where it's like, I mean, if I don't do it, then it means I don't go. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That right. sounds like a weird thing. It's like a weird, weird sort of like letting it go. Like, I don't know how I'm going to handle that. So, I mean, this has been a journey and a half. Like me and you. Yeah. Upper. I don't know. Where do I even start with this? Like, where do I even. <clears throat> like, how do, course, how do I begin this story? Uh, of course, you can always let me. Uh, start with the lesbian Christmas that I teased. Yes, let's do that. Let's do that first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll help you out there. So, um, you know, as uh, depending on wherever this is played, if you know, uh, uh, we were telling Big Ray that, like, for my family, we would have my mom's side of the family would get together and then my dad's side of the family would get together. So, one year we're having my mom's side of the family get together. And I think this is post Papaw dying of a stroke. So I don't remember how old I was, but I, I don't. And, you know, so time is weird. You don't remember a lot of stuff. But I remember this was the Christmas that all all this happened in one Christmas. And it was amazing. This is why it's the most memorable Christmas ever. So we're having it at my Aunt Sue's house for some reason. Um, and uh, so uh, Aunt Regina was helping with the food. Well, she so like my, the sisters would divide up what they would do. Aunt Sue was hosting, so Aunt Regina was going to do the food. We couldn't do a ton because we were living in South Louisiana. And then Aunt Carol was living in Dallas, so Aunt Sue and Aunt Regina kind of handled the majority of the stuff. My mom and Aunt Carol would handle some smaller things. You know, day of, going grabbing stuff, making sure we had plenty of plates and stuff for the kid, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, well, we come to find out uh, that Christmas Day, Aunt Regina tried to sell off a tofu turkey. Um yeah yeah oh there was a ride and a half about to happen yeah so uh they have to try to find a way to go find some meat for that christmas uh because there was literally about to be a riot or aunt regina was going to be um cooked because you know we were hungry and we don't do that tofu shit um i mean we grew up proper dairy farm you know girls and stuff like that so yeah we don't mm. so that was that um uh, would end up being later in the night. Um, dur- but before that, uh, during that time, uh, my dad found out that my Aunt Carol, who was living in Florida at the time, was dating an African-American gentleman. And super nice guy. And, you know, As everything like that. And, you know, dad th- liked him and thought it was fun. So what my dad did, <laughs> he left and went to CVS and got an Ebony and Jet magazine, which are African-American <laughs> publications, <laughs> Wrapped them up in that time period and had them for Christmas. So later at Christmas, because we had done Secret Santa that year where you get somebody, you pull the name and you got somebody, yeah, whatever. And it just so happened that my dad did pull Aunt Carol for Secret Santa. So he gave her that present first, you know, so help is like he said, Hey, this is to help you with your new dating relationship. And it was these magazines, and then he gave her her real present. But yeah, it was super hilarious. But uh, to top it all off, so in between those two moments, uh, our 90-something-year-old Aunt Cecil uh, came, and she's, uh, she's you know, been there forever. She's super great. So she shows up, right? And, of course, we're all chatting with Aunt Cecil because she's 92 years old. 
I mean, she's experienced yeah. 90 something Christmases, right? So, uh, you know, we all come talk to her. She and, and we're like, hey, you know, Auntie, so how are you doing? You know, did you do anything fun or, you know, anything different? You know, and she starts telling the story. She starts talking like this. She goes, I tell you what, she says, this week, uh, your Aunt Regina, she took me out for dinner and we went out to this. Uh, we went out to this lesbian restaurant and we went and met this wonderful lesbian man and he is from Lesbia and it was just a good shot. Oh my god. I told Regina over here this from the next room over and she comes tearing in like, no, he wasn't lesbian. No, he was from Lebanon. He was Lebanese. He was Le- <laughs> Yeah, she's like, yeah, you know, something like that. I don't know, lesbian, Lebanese, it's all the same. I don't know, it's all the same. Yeah. Oh no! And Cecil, you know, and it's ninety-two. She had no fucks left to give at that point. Uh, yeah, Felt gone. Oh yeah, no. And this is the same lady uh, when she died a year or two later. We're going through the house she lived in, and <laughs> this is I. Oh, she was an artist. Right. And, you know, her and her husband were artists and I never met her husband. He had died before we got to know when I came with consciousness of Aunt Cecil and everybody. And so uh, she had some wonderful art in her house and just different things. <laughs> my, my sister is in the closet clearing some of the stuff out. And all of a sudden we hear this, oh, my God. And we think, like, maybe there's a rat, you know, spider or something. No, it is a full nude portrait of my <gasps> aunt Cecil no! that her husband had painted. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, we thought. I said, "Ooh, we should wrap that up and make that this year's white elephant gift for Christmas." <laughs> so that was, but no, it didn't happen. But yeah, uh, so yeah, Aunt Cecil was a hoot. She, yeah, it was like an absolute nope. right party animal. No, nobody, no, and well, that's the thing. Nobody knew it was in her closet. She never had it out, and uh, but yeah, full nude portrait of her uh, as they're ready to go. Yeah, here we go. I bet she was like on our our deathbed. She was just like, "Oh man, can't wait for them to find that photo." (laughs) She she probably forgot. She probably forgot. She had all kinds of other stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Shit like that, you would keep an eye on. Well, I don't know, you know, because you see, here's the thing. Before Aunt Cecil, she 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 lived next door or with a grandmother Dunlap, and she lived grandmother Dunlap lived to be about ninety six, you know. So yeah, so you know they they had a you know longevity in their family. Yeah, so I think Aunt Cecil died at ninety three or ninety four. So you know had some longevity going on that side of the family, and so it was a very interesting because. I mean, half the time anymore, Ancestor didn't remember. She probably didn't. She probably forgot that was back there. Who yeah. knows how long it had been buried in the closet? Who knows? But still, it was just. Was it was it like Aunt Cecil as you remember her, or was it Aunt Cecil as like no, 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 younger no. Aunt Cecil? Younger Aunt Cecil. Like, <laughs> oh, that's no. all right then. That's no, not no, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> back when her, like, her husband had to have painted it, you know. All right. So, you know, she sat for the painting. She had to, you know, very Titanic style. Yeah. Yeah, 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 paint me like your French woman, Jack. So, uh, this is so nice lead out in the cage. Yeah, however, it was I never saw it. My mom wouldn't let; they wouldn't let me in the room to see it. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so needless to say that. What I did they know, do with it? I have no clue. I just remember 
that was one of those things that was like, oh, I, I'm sure it, it got destroyed some way because they were like, no, nah, we can't have this, you know. Oh, yeah. you never know. Someone could have paid top dollar for that. That could have been great. Like, you know, art these days. I know, but like your great aunt in somebody's wall, you know, nude. True. You that, know, that's very true. You know, I grew up on a dairy farm and noonday Texas. You know, it just, it, it was just one of those things that, yeah, it's not the same. It's, I mean, if she'd have been a French woman in the country, French countryside, maybe that'd be one Yo. thing, but no, not in prudish East Texas, America. There's no way that would have gone anywhere. So, oh, I mean, like you tell her like more extravagant moments. Like, yeah. you just I may have old. to ask my mom. I'll ask my mom this weekend. Hey, whatever <laughs> happened to Aunt Cecil's nude painting that y'all found? Oh my God. See if you find out about it. Can you let me know? Oh yeah, I'm going to let you know and then I'll follow up on, on the next Mac attack. Oh, uh, I was going to say, I was like, Les is right never know. Fuck him. But like, oh, I'll <laughs> but, let no, you that's know true. for sure. Help yeah, and I can, I'll, I'll follow up on the Mac attack too, just for the fun of it. So Totally. Yeah. That's the way you do it. Like, if you listen to the, last, if you listen to the Christmas special, then You'll remember this story. Well, yeah. turns out I'll be I'll be waiting for that. I'll be waiting mm. with bated breath. Just like, cliffhanger. What a story that would be. See if your mom turns around and said, Oh, we sold it. We put it in like a charity shop or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Yeah, imagine one of those things. Just put it in a charity shop and some like art nut just sees it. Like, oh my god, I must yeah. have this on my wall. Yeah, I know. Who just knows? Put it on. Who knows? Maybe we'll it's a gallery or something. That'd be wild. If, yeah, see, be. that's the other thing. If it went to the gallery, would you go see it? Uh, like, even like pure morbid curiosity. I'm, I think, I'm not saying like you want to see your your because I want to see my great aunt naked. No, I'm yeah, not about naked, it. But... No, but like I would, I would want to go just to see it for the value of the art. You know, like the, you know yeah. how 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 my great uncle, you know, was as an artist. You know, because mm. uh, it, you know, by the time. You know, because we had we and we still do. My like Aunt Cecil would back. I mean, this is before you see it now, but they would take saw blades and polish them up, and then paint like country scenes on the saw blades or circular mm. saws. You know, things like that. Um, you know, do designs and stuff, which you see now all over the place. But I remember, you know, being a kid in the uh, early '80s and '90s, seeing that kind of stuff that Aunt Cecil painted. So, you know, she was she was very, very talented. And I'm sure if her husband did it, he was talented as well because they both painted and were really good is what my mom said. So um, I'd be interested to see just because, you know, there was no delineation between the two on their art. Because when yeah. I by the time I knew her and, you know, like I said, getting consciousness of what she was doing, she couldn't tell me whose was hers and what was not hers. You know, it was just all there. So mm. like there was yeah. just that much of it. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, she had you walked into her like little breezeway space, you know, it wasn't quite a garage. She had she had doors you could fence it in, but you know, it was, but she had walls and stuff. And you walked in there, and there was just art, you know, all over that she had painted and different things that they had been done. And then in her house, too, there was a bunch of art. So, you know, it's really cool to see and be a and, and grow up with that. But, you know, um, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what was what um, anymore. She could, I don't think she, cause she's, I mean, when I was really like intrigued and interested in stuff, she was already in her upper eighties, you know, yes. you know, and so asking someone who's 80 something years old, Hey, which one is yours and which one's your husband's? Yeah. And they didn't sign anything, you know, nothing was signed. So it was just, they just did it cause they love oh, for the love of the game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah really. So I used to have like a signature can add like thousands or 
even millions to a price of art. Well, I mean, even just to have it and to know like the the signature of the person and like if they signed and dated it, you know, I mean, just yeah. when they did that, you know, I think I think if anything else, it just shows their progression. It shows you know what they've done and you know how they've grown in their art because everybody starts one way and then they move to a direction and you see that and just to to see those things I think is important of like oh he painted a sim and then he did this there oh wow that's you can see the techniques and everything so you know I I, yeah. I I find that fascinating with art how that happens so yeah it's like you go on a journey isn't it yeah yeah it really it really is a journey so um, that's easily my most memorable Christmas ever because <laughs> I mean all that happened at one Christmas, you know, you know, the, the tofu turkey, uh, the the white elephant gift to Aunt Carol, <coughs> and then lesbian Christmas. That, um, that's like the top bit there, right there. Oh, yeah. You, you finished yeah, with lesbian, nice lesbian Christmas. man. Yeah. Nice <laughs> He's from Lesbia. Yeah. I mean, she, I mean. Didn't, she didn't care. It's close enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> Lebanon, oh, Lebanese, lesbian. It's the same thing. It's the but... same, right? You know, you know, it's no big deal. Oh, yeah. And then the fact that Aunt Regina comes tearing in. Now, mind you, this is the same Aunt Regina who's got the tofu turkey going and is a hippie. <laughs> but yet, when it comes to Aunt Cecil saying she met a lesbian man <coughs> from Lesbia, she comes tearing in going, no, he was Lebanese. He was from Lebanon, you know. <laughs> like, so you, you've lost your credibility, tofu yeah. turkey. Yeah. Get in the bin. Get out of here! Yeah, I can't wait for those days. You know when you get like old enough, where your filter is gone, gone. Like you, like that's there's a point in life that must happen because when you're younger, like you're a bit more considered and you think about the things you're gonna say. Well, I try most of the time. <laughs> like you try and come up with like some like well thought comments, and or if you have a conversation, you try and like lean into what they're saying, bounce off each other a little bit. Whereas like when you're older. You just go for it. You don't give a fuck. You just talk about... You can have an opinion about the weather, politics, and you don't care if people agree with you or disagree. In fact, it's, I don't know what it's like over there, but when my family do it, it gets done in such a way where you're just kind of like... You can disagree with them, but you're like, I can't... I, I don't know how to respond to that. Yeah. <laughs> like just well, I mean, them. I'm already there, you know, in a way. Like today... We were, I, I think I told you off air, is I had a luncheon, you know, mm. like a lunch meeting today. And we're at the restaurant. I'm talking with this one lady. She's like, she works for one of the judges, is like Parker County Community Relations or whatever, and does stuff for a judge here. And we got to talking, and, you know, because we're, we're working on building a, a community of care for people. So, like, have food resources and mental health and all kinds of things for our area. And so, you know, cause she was talking about how, um, so in, in the state of Texas, our legislature meets every other year with the idea yeah. being that representatives can't depend on their like job as a senator or a representative to, they have to be living and working to be able to do the job because they're not yeah. going to make any money off of it because they're only working every other year. And so, um, Talk about how so the legislation starts you know this year it'll be the twenty you know the twenty twenty three and uh, in March tw- at the end of March is Parker County Day where we're gonna have two days people from our community come in 
explain what it is we need, voice our opinion, you know, share that kind of stuff of because supposedly there's millions of dollars out there and like what is it that we need? And because she was talking about this, that, and the other, and it's like, yeah, I said that's great and all, but that'd be great if you know our community would do that right now. And she's like, what do you mean? It's like, well, I said like one of the big issues right now is that if someone leaves our shelter and, or or whatever, and they need a place to go, there's no low income housing in Weatherford. Weatherford, yeah. the city council refuses to pass, you know, legislation to allow for low-income housing to come into the area. I said, we work with Weatherford Housing Authority and they tell us that people's vouchers are expiring, which are good for over a year because they can't find a place to live because nobody wants to take it or, you know, they they don't, there's just no low-income housing. And I said, but they're building all these apartments and everything that costs thirteen to $1,500 uh, a month, you know, for six, seven, eight hundred square feet. You know, it's like, if you're on a low income, you're coming out of, you know, an abusive relationship and you're looking for a place to, to restart, how are you supposed to do that? You know, I mean, that's just a bunch of hot garbage. And I'm telling her this, like, just like I'm telling you right now. And I said, and she goes, yes, look, I said, yeah, and that's my problem. I said, when people start fucking with people uh, because it's political and they don't want to do the right thing and help people, that's when I have a problem. Yeah. You know, and she's like, oh, you just don't hold back. Do you? It's like, no, ma'am, I don't. No I said, because... I've lived my life for the last 20 years as a minister and trying to help people. And then now doing this job, you know, working for Freedom House for the last five and wanting to help people and seeing the amount of crap people have to put up with or deal with to try to get help or just to try to do things to help people. I said, it's a bunch of, it shouldn't be political. It's a bunch of bullshit. And she's like, oh, wow. And, so he, and she goes, okay, well, we're going to have to have a conversation some more because I was like, yeah, I'll tell you like it is. You know what I mean? I'm seeing a lot of stuff. So, I, I don't know if she was just like, I'm trying to find a way to get out of this conversation or what. Slate it. Which is fine. I don't care. I mean, but I mean, hey, that means somebody in the government heard a constituent saying this is fucking stupid that the city won't bring in low income housing so people can live. 60% of the people, it's either 60% of the people, yes, uh, no, that's right. 40% of the people in Parker County cannot afford the homes they live in right now. The meaning if something happened with them and their job, they would not be able to live and they'd be homeless. You know, I mean, that's crazy. You know, and the fact that there's no place for someone to go in and go, oh, there's low income housing. Oh, I've got this voucher so I can live there and help myself out and get my, get, you know, work my way out. No, there's none of that here. And that's, you know, and that's a big issue. But, you know, but, but it's Christmas. It's Christmas. Yeah. It's Christmas time. So, you know, that's a fun. And I'm off. All next week. That's my Ooh. job. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. They do that every year. We They go, hey, that week between Christmas and New Year. Take it. Forget about it. Just and I, I get paid for it, though. Oh. Oh, come on now. That's no fair. I've got a graft. I've got a graft mm. for that one. Oh. Yeah. It works out okay for me. I get three days off for Christmas this year. Oh, there you I go. Christmas Day, Boxing Day, and then the day after Boxing Day lands on my normal day off. So. Oh, well, there you go. I'll take three days, and then yeah. four days on. Now, it. now for, for the... I'm assuming most of the people who are listening uh, are American. So, James, you need might need to explain what Boxing Day is for some of our listeners, because we don't celebrate that here in America. But I know y'all do, 
And it's not what people think. It doesn't involve the boxer revolution or boxing of anything of any kind. So, oh, I can't remember. <laughs> Do you not know what Boxing Day is? Well, you hear all kinds of stories, like all kind of like on other a, a gift given day where you you receive more presents. That's when you got your boxes because that was like your Boxing Day. But then I also had boxing fights that happened on boxing days. Well, well okay. All right. I guess I'm going to have to do this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, you got to do this. <laughs> so boxing day <laughs> was essentially the day after Christmas where yeah. the rich or, you know, royalty or whoever would give the leftovers, the boxes of things oh, to their yes. service. Yeah. So it was like the working man's Christmas. You know, most people who had to work on Christmas or whatever to serve the rich or whatever, they would get yeah. the leftovers or presents or things. They would get theirs on that next day after Christmas, after the rich people have had their Christmas. They get a little bit left over. The nice, you know, food and, you know, whatever was all boxed up and given to the servants the next day. Yeah. So That's actually quite nice. Yeah. I mean, it's in a weird way sinister, but it's quite nice also. Yeah. Everyone gets to enjoy a bit of Christmas. Yeah. Even if it's a day after and it's because you worked the day before to, <laughs> and you're getting the leftovers from the rich people who didn't eat everything that they had. So. Yeah. Now it's just like a day of just you put your feet up and vegetate after a full on day of Christmas mm-hmm. and then watch football all day. Can't wait to do that. Well, I say I can't wait. I'm at, I've essentially got two Christmas dinners this year. I've got because mm. what we do is on the Christmas day, what we've done for the last couple of years anyway, we do Christmas day at my parents with my mum and dad, my sister, and then that's the family. And then Boxing Day, we go to Shermaine's dad's. We go over mm. to Glen Rothis and we have Christmas dinner with him, his wife, uh, Shemaine's sister, and her partner. We have like our own, it's like a second Christmas dinner almost. No, it's like oh, wow. over the top is like the first one, but it's nice. It's quite nice to do these little things and like get a good catching up with everyone. So it does mean you got to recover quickly. You can't really do overdo it Christmas Day because if you're hanging and then you're going into another one, you're like, oh boy. Right. It's, it's a hard one. But at the same time, it's, it's really good. It's, it means we get to cover all the bases. Like eliminates the sort of the dilemma side where you're like, oh man, like where do we go for Christmas this year? Right. Because like Charmaine's dad and his partner, they'll go to other family on Christmas Day for that. So it works out all right. So everyone does like their thing and then we'll come together. So gotcha. Which which is good. Yeah, yeah it's great because you I mean you doesn't miss out on anything. You get to see everyone and have a proper catch up and enjoy yourself. And then for me, like having the day after off as well now, that means I can just let loose completely i don't have yeah. to worry about like if we if we wanted to stay a bit later then we can if we wanted to do some other things we can i don't feel like i have to look at my watch and be oh man i've got to go up at six in the morning tomorrow i can just right put that to the side and just enjoy it so i'm looking forward to that like those little things about christmas where you can just just experience it and just love it but yeah like the day after but on the flip side it does mean that i don't really get to invest so much in like boxing day football fixtures mm. like, like the lunchtime kickoff might get a bit of that and then there's there's always something about following the scores during the day mm. like watching like sports scene at the time or uh, sky sports news like with the flash scores coming up like right because i like a bit of a bet so i always put like a boxing day like punt on and then just watch it go f- crashing down and burn. You can't. There's no way you're getting like 15 teams to come up on like one coupon. But you never know. Christmas is a day, a time for miracles. But there's something about that where you're just like following all. You can watch one game, then follow the scores on the other one, and it's just nice. And like a lot of people will go for the fixtures. Like they'll go out on the day out to set like 
to celebrate. That's like they're part of their Christmas celebrations and mm. all that stuff. Like it's a very, I suppose, as you wait the bullet, it's like a very working class holiday now. Yeah, and it's a it's a very sporting day now. You've got like football, uh, you get horse racing on in the day as well. Some odd events here and there, and it's it's just nice that everyone can just enjoy it in their own way. Some yeah. people go and do sports on those days, and as much as I appreciate watching it, I think they're mental. <laughs> do I feel yeah. Christmas I'm like okay, let's go play ninety minutes of football. Crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, we do that sometimes after Thanksgiving where you throw the football around or you might throw the football around. But Thanksgiving is usually where you toss the football around. But, yeah, like, hey, if nothing else, make sure you watch uh, West Ham and Arsenal at two when they play because, you know. That's going to be a beating. <clears throat> Not for Arsenal. Arsenal are just going to rent some. Although, no, Jesus, that's a shame. I know. I'm a little bummed about fine, that. Though. You'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be all right. It's fine. It's fine. You know, I mean, hey, we're still top of the league. You know, I mean, it, it's fine. We've got 12 wins. We're good. We're good. We've got a draw and a loss. So, hey, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm good. So, but I survive January, I think. If you can survive January, yeah. and February, you know, that transfer window sort of yeah. time where teams will spend money, they'll get a bit sweaty for a while. If you can mm-hmm. kind of navigate that, then you'll be fine. Yeah, because we have them and then we play Brighton on New Year's Eve. Oh. Um, World Cup winner, McAllister. Yeah. Know. And then we go, I think it looks like January 3rd, we have Newcastle. Uh, we have the FA Cup Ooh. against Oxford. And then on the 9th and then the 15th, we've got Tottenham for, for that derby. And and then we've got the 22nd, we got me and you. Everton on the 4th. Uh, um, first go round. <laughs> yeah. And then Brentford, uh, we have... Uh, on the 11th so that that gets wow. us through february so that's actually well a couple of hard games in there newcastle yeah. didn't look all that great in the cup mm-hmm. this week although who's gonna look good this i, I genuinely don't know how teams are gonna look after the world cup it's so weird watching the yeah. world cup in winter and yeah. then a week later we're getting the boxing day fixtures There's yeah rest yeah. i mean it feels like once you get to boxing day the natural order is restored again but the way we've had to get there is a bit Right. I mean, we didn't look that great against Juventus. You know, I mean, we played what the the seventeenth against Juventus, and oh, was that like a friendly game? Yeah, it was like two nil. I think they beat us, and um, I mean, we we beat AC Milan, but yeah, that's the one that counts. AC Milan would be a better one. Yeah, and then really good. I think we we beat Lyon uh, three zip. So uh, yeah, that was December. That's the beginning of December. So yeah, I mean, we we we've Played some decent, but yeah, against Juventus, we didn't play that great. Um, you know, coming off the 17th and you know, World Cup and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, uh, fair, it, like half of Arsenal's squad had like went over to Qatar. Yeah, like Martinelli, Jesus, uh, Saka went over. I don't know if Smith Rowe went there, but then like half that defense went over as well. Like, it's a lot of players like Arsenal will be missing that a lot of them will just be on the training ground getting fit. So I tend not to think too much about those games, although right. Everton's like mid preseason was freaky. Like watching them play like Western City Wonders or whatever it was in uh, Australia and then Celtic. Oh, like some really weird games, but you're like, oh, it's okay. Big chunk of the squad are in the World Cup. There was about four mm. players in the World Cup. So it was yeah. Like, oh. So it's going to be weird, just kind of like. 
enjoying football in a way like that. I mean, yeah. enjoying's kind of a hard term when you're an Everton fan. <laughs> but hey, the one thing you can enjoy apparently next year at this time uh, will be Ghostbusters Firehouse, the sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife. Is that what's going to be called? Firehouse? Yes. Ooh. Yes. yes. So, Are they bringing back the same cast for it? I've not actually seen the most recent one. Uh, the most recent was it was it was not bad. Uh, okay. They did a really nice job with Egon and doing all that. Uh, so, uh, so it says they the, the officials Ghostbusters Twitter has said the last time we saw Ecto One, it was driving back into Manhattan, the home of Ghostbusters. That's where our story begins. The code name is Firehouse. So, sounds like a uh, revival of sorts is on the way. Yeah. So. Uh, I wonder if you get to see the whole original cast. Well, not the whole original cast, but more of the original cast in this one, because that would be kind of a nice little touch if you're going to go into like the heart of it all now. Yeah, I mean it's the same guy, uh, Jason Reitman, who was Ivan yeah. Reitman's son. Uh, he's doing this one. It's um, they haven't said uh, th- there's no other news other than that's what they're releasing right now. Um, is I'm, I'm looking at the variety listing and uh other than they have the director they have the name and that it's going to be december 20th of 2023 Ooh, just in time for christmas mm-hmm. I, yeah i was worried about like reboots like that i've got soft, a really soft spot for the first two mm-hmm. ghostbusters yeah. ghostbusters ghostbuster films yeah yeah well i guess i guess another question it's i guess more christmas related um, you're getting a 15th doctor. Um, it's usually around the time of year you either have a new doctor or a doctor who's special uh, for Christmas yeah. time. So, uh, how do we feel about our new doctor? It's nice having a local lad on. I'll say that much. <laughs> Turns out he's actually from here. He's from oh, Dunfermline. Really? Well, I think he moved up to Dunfermline, but he's he lived, he had a bit of time here in Dunfermline. We don't talk about the bullying he went overtook in his high school. He went to. It was a shit high school he went to anyway. Well, but, um, it's kind of cool. A bit of like hometown pride in the guy. Like, I can't actually remember his name. Is it in the... Hang on. Uh, uh, Naguti Gatwa? That's it. Naguti Gatwa, yeah. That's his name. Yeah. Uh, from all intents and purposes, he's like, he's supposed to be quite nice. He's supposed to be a really nice guy. But it's just wild to see someone like come from here and become the doctor. Come Doctor Who is just wild, but I don't know how what to expect from him. Like you see, I suppose we've had all different kinds of doctors and different personalities and how they look and act. Like I feel like is this going to be a very eccentric Doctor Who or is this going to be a bit more grounded? Like he's quite a well-rounded actor. Yeah. So I'll be fascinated to see what he brings to this. I feel like a bit more of a camp Doctor might be on the cards. Like a quietly camp doctor. Do you think maybe that's the problem sometimes with Doctor Who is they, they put expectations on the person and instead of just letting them be the doctor who they want to be? Yeah, you but know? I think that's because of David Tennant being such a good doctor. Hmm. and He took over from Christopher Eccleston. He was just, right. He set such a high bar that every time someone changes, it's like you want them to kind of be the next one to surpass that or be the next one to be that, which is wild. Scottish doctors I mean, is a thing. I liked Eccleston though. I thought he was fine. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, but you had that run of Eccleston, 
Tennant and then Smith. Yeah. You know, those those three were just really good. Know. Yeah. You know, I mean I like Pierre Capaldi's one as well. I like P- Pierre Capaldi. I haven't watched as much of as of his, but I mean I hear good things. I just Yeah. It's not been my I don't know. I don't watch enough Doctor Who. Jacob's gotten really into Doctor Who and he liked Capaldi's run. He is a he is a I think he's like Smith Tennant 1A, 1B. He 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 vacillates between the two. Um as far as them being his favorites. Yeah. So. I, I score Sylvester McCoy relatively high, but that's because I've met him and he was such mm. a lovely guy. I was just like, yes. <laughs> that's one of those like celebrity moments during the fringe. Got to meet Sylvester McCoy, bought me a pint. We talked about independence. It was beautiful. Nice. What a time. Talked about Danoon. He's such a lovely guy. Such a nice chap. Proper old fella as well, but he was so nice. So, That's cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was quite nice to kind of get to know someone like that. And then yeah. you're sitting going, holy shit, you're Doctor Who. <laughs> 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 what the fuck's going on? Like, I'm just sitting here having a pipe with you. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> okay. Well, that just happened. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's quite nice, and the fact that Cootie comes from well, to a degree, he comes from Dunfermline. I think he was only Dunfermline for so long, and then he moved to London. <laughs> but we're claiming him anyway because he's sure, been here long enough to be a Dunf- to be a fifer and be a Dunfermline. There you go. Why not? Why not? <laughs> yes. So, but there's hope for all of us. We could all make it somehow. So. Mm-hmm. You could be doc- You could be the next Doctor Who, James. Oh my God! Could you imagine me the next Doctor? <laughs> oh no. Too much swearing involved. <laughs> ah, fuck. Oh, you can't say that. Ah, oh, well, that's us humped in anyways. Daleks. Uh, Stay. Cut, cut. Go back. Do it again. Stop <laughs> fucking cursing. <laughs> I mean, the vocal text will drive them nuts. It's like, what mm. is that? It's like, don't. Oh, man. It's going to go on for too long. Don't. <laughs> or tangents. You know when you go on like a weird tangent? Like, yeah. That'd be the way. Or maybe I'll do like I've got my Everton scarf there. You know how like uh Tom done it? We could just like he had his multicolor scarf which covered my Everton one. Play some Z cars is like the things sums down. Oh it'd be a time. Maybe a weird be a crazy time, but it'd be a time. Yeah. I think I'd I'd much rather be the master though. If it was gonna be really? one or the other, I'd rather be the master. There's something like very juicy about being a villain. Hmm. And that sort of style of villain, it'd be like fun. You, you know, you get as a bit more of a sandboxy character. You can just mess around, have some fun. I feel like you get to have more fun in a modern day master than you would do like the original. Ones, right? I mean, I can see that, but I feel like that's the that's what's made these la the you know this reincarnation. I guess you could call it Doctor Who. Is each actor has brought something fun and unique to it. Yeah, you know their own personalities and traits and things like they're not they're not the same. They're not trying to play off each other. There might be some stories that coalesce between the doctors, but they're being their own selves. And I yeah. think that's what makes it fun. So that in theory, you could do the same thing as a doctor. You could be whatever. I mean, hell, look at Peter Capaldi, you know, when you had him compared to Matt Smith, you know, that's just, you know, and, and then Won't change. Yeah. And then tenant, but tenant to Smith, even, you know, um, all those things were just unique and different. And so, yeah. Uh, you know, but I mean, I find it interesting. Is it because of the filming schedule, or is it just because that's what they want to do? It. It seems like the la- like doctors only last for about two years, and then they're like, well. I think it's a bit of both. You know, you have like a moment where you're like, 
I think it's time. Mm. Time to call it a day, time to move on. Much rather do other projects. You don't really like, like I think that's what was Peter Capaldi was. It was like a time to move on and do other things and mm. focus on other, other parts of his career. Like Jodie Whittaker's the same. I mean, it's such a great like platform to make an interview. Like Matt Smith now is unbelievable. Oh yeah, unbelievable. I can't really. Tennant, I mean, I mean, yeah. These names that you're hearing, you know, I mean, it's like, okay. Big I mean, I now. was I was tangential, tangentially aware of some of them, but then after post Doctor Who, you're like, holy shit, this is yeah. You know, I mean, like the repertoire is wild. Yeah, yeah, like Good Omens for David Tennant. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, that's such a hilarious show. Oh, a I need to finish it. Do you get prep box? You get prep box. Over there, no, I, I mean, let's put it this way: I can watch whatever I need to watch if I need to, but no, I don't have oh. it. It's here in America, but I don't subscribe to it. There's a really good thing he done. Oh, I need to try and find it now. I'm probably not going to find it. That's going to be so annoying. He did the series. Was it this year or last year? One of the two. We have to just go through IMDb quickly. Uh, Church, where is it? Uh, Deadwater Fell is a good one. I like that. Hmm. Uh, Des, it's called Des. Des. Unbelievable. It's all about the. He plays the serial killer Dennis Nelson. And it's about this guy who managed to lure men to his like flat, kill them, and store them inside his house. Hmm. Like the, the, and it's all about like his interviews. He's such a fascinating man. Like how he just opens up about everything. He doesn't hmm. shy away from it. <laughs> like the literally the first thing you see is like the aftermath of what this this last killer, and they come in and it's like, yeah, I've got uh, ten bodies underneath here. I've got one in the cupboard, one down there. Uh, I've got someone disembodied and thing up in like the cupboard here. It's like he just it just opens up. He's like, I go in there at this place. Uh, mm. Yeah, and he gets arrested, and it's like you follow the process of him going through all the interviews and investigations and how it affects the family to the point where like he gets to court, and then after confessing all this, he's like, not guilty. Like you're a, what? Like mental, and it's such a good bit of TV. Mm. So I'd, I'd highly recommend Des if you're a big fan of David Tennant. Uh, Deadwater Fell's really good. I want to see the thing with uh, Lip Vanyenko. That's supposed to be really good. Hmm. He he totally looks exactly like him as well, which is insane. Hmm. Those are like real life things he plays, but uh, Sam Manning's good in that. I'm just looking through IMDb now. He just does so much. <laughs> like You don't think he just appears in things. He just does. Yeah. He just happens. It's and that's sometimes a... the the best parts is like you you have somebody and they just kind of show up. It's like Jacob and I were last last night. I came home from work and he, you know, we've been trying to like be intentional, like spend time together and watch something together. And so he, you know, I just let him in picking. And so he last night goes, uh, and he just put in the Hobbit. And he just had something ready to go. I'm like, mm. oh, cool. So he put in Hobbit Unexpected Journey, and we were talking about it. And he was like, some people didn't like Martin Freeman as uh, Bilbo. I was like, what? Like, Martin Freeman did a great job. I mean, first of all, I mean, he was an incredible Watson in that Sherlock Holmes adaptation that they did with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. I mean, you know, super good. I love that storytelling, you know, that they did with that. And then on top of all that, you throw him in as Bilbo. You know, that was, you know... 
the way he's able to emote, you know, that with that character was just brilliant. Something else, isn't it? Yeah, it really was. Like he made you really feel for Bilbo, like with the choices he had to make, like with Gollum in the scene, you know, at the at the bottom of the goblin pit. You know, I mean, and just the anxiety that he held when he had to, you know, play the game to keep from getting killed. Or find yeah. the way out, you know. I mean, just you know, it, it was just. I mean, he made the tension what you needed I, it to be. You lifted it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, just. I mean, there's the scene where he's. You know, they've escaped, and Thorin is. Uh, which, by the way, uh, Richard Armitage. Uh, oh. I saw him in a like there was a British uh, Robin Hood TV series, and he played the sheriff of Nottingham in that. Dude, I he yeah. was fucking brilliant. I knew him in that, and then I saw him play the Hydra guy in Captain America. Then he was in he was Thor and Oakenshield and The Hobbit. I was like, oh yeah, this is good stuff right here. This is where you know I'm down for it. There's so some voice on him as well. Oh my gosh, just super good. And like it was that scene there, they're out of the goblin pit, and he's just railing that you know, Bilbo has gone home, he's left them because he's just been wanting his home and his bed, and da 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 da. He's just running them down. And Bilbo pops the ring off, he's like, oh, I'm here. He goes, Yeah, I wanted to go home, but <laughs> I realized I have a home, and you guys don't, and I want to help you find a home. And like, there was that scene, and then at the end when they've been saved by the Eagles and Thorne is like, I knew that you couldn't do this. Da, da, da. And I have never been more wrong in my life. And he hugs him. And it was just that, that turn. Cause he, Bilbo stood was the first to stand to protect him when the wargs are coming in to kill him. And Bilbo's the first one to do it of everybody in that company. Bilbo was the one to stand there to, you know, to prove his worth that he cared about, Thorin and what was happening and you could see it in that moment that yeah. he was determined to be more than what was expected of him you know and it was just it was beautiful I mean to me Martin Freeman did such an incredible job as Bilbo to put that you know bring it to life you know so very good. he's very underrated as an actor oh so much so I mean I mean if nothing else if you just take it for Watson in the Sherlock Holmes series um, with Benedict Cumberbatch in and say call that a day. That's yeah. just he was just brilliant in that. And then to tie that in with you know that I mean hell uh, Wakanda and, and him in the Marvel universe now you know I mean just he's killing it. He's he's so good. I, I just I don't understand why people would think that he wasn't good for that role when you look at it and go he'll make you think things as well. Oh we, yeah, I, we watched. Um... We watched the responder. That's another one worth watching, by the way. I, I saw something about that. Oh, Mark Freeman in that is unbelievable. Like he's but, playing some kind of like really hard, like guy, right? Like some, yeah, like a hard, dirty, sort of almost dirty cop on the edge cop, right? Who's going through a lot of like trauma and crisis over like things that have happened in his life. He has a lot of like depression issues and PTSD mm-hmm. and anger issues, and how he just like. How he is in that is you would never think it would be like that. Hmm. Like if you like look at his stereotypical characters and what you would think him to be, this is like miles apart from what you would think it is, and he pulls it off so well, hmm. so so well. Like how he talks to people and like 
he's a police officer and then he's threatening to just like stab someone in the neck if they don't go back into their house and all this stuff. But mm. he does it in such like a chilling, cool way that you're like he's got a handle on the situation until he doesn't, and then it all comes crumbling down. And it's how he manages that. It's brilliant TV. Absolutely brilliant TV. Like you mm. can't you you just think of those things like woofed. I, yeah. I wish I could do that, but <laughs> yeah, no, I, and I mean that's and and that's where um I think to me somebody like a Martin Freeman, you know, again, you watch some of these things where he, somebody somewhere gave him a shot. Yeah. You know, and and then look at what's happened because of that. You know, it, it, you know, we we get some of these brilliant performances from him, you know, that have made it happen. You know, it, yeah. it's just it's 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 you know, you never know. Like so like, you know, we talk about um you know, kind of like with you, you know, it came out of nowhere. You were going to do the smack attack. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, as, as Ray kind of alluded to earlier, you know, you you and Joe getting the call out of nowhere to, uh, Easy, yeah. hey, you want to do the smack attack. So, so Ray kind of mentioned it, but James, from your perspective, how did it happen? Give us, give us the story of <laughs> you and Joe starting the smack attack or taking over the smack attack or, you know, however that well, works. Let me tell you a tale, children, mm. of how it all began. So 2020 was the year. <laughs> and, like, it was such a weird time. Obviously, like, lockdown and going, like, where I was in my life, I was going insane. Mm. Like, me and Charmaine were just kind of, we had just worked out, just, in fact, like, so I was getting out of my old job. I was hating it. I was just hating life. But then we had got our new house. We'd just started renting a house, so we were just about to move, and it was like a Saturday. It was like mm. a couple of weeks, I think it was like the week before we did our first show, literally as quick as that. Wow. So I was doing like my walk, walk home from work, chilling, and then I get my phone pings, and like it's literally like out the blue. There's no like, as far as I'm aware, it's probably someone else can tell you that side of the story because I don't know it, but like. It was just total, like, out of the blue. Like, Ben dismissed me. Hey, um, would you be interested in taking over the smack attack from Ray and Colin uh, with Joe? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, <clears throat> to put into, like, the perspective of how easy a decision it was, was I, I, I've, I've always talked about having a theatre background and doing right. lots of work, doing things like that. And I'd gone to a really good niche about doing theatre and education work and getting out and performing on stage, traveling and getting to meet new people and kind of spread a good message and positive messages and things like that. But then when COVID hit, it was like, there was like no outlet. You know what I mean? Like it was gone. Hmm. Couldn't, I was, there was no stage. There was no like performances. There wasn't like going to rehearsal rooms and catching up with mates and doing that stuff. It was like, it was gone. Yeah. It was just like grind, 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 get up, go to work 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 come home and then just try and like switch off but you can't really go anywhere you can't do anything it's just that mm. time where it was just like it was great because that was a great time for me and Charmaine like getting to know each other and getting everything like that but also in a way I was going mental because of how the environment was at my work and how unhappy I was and it was just like there wasn't really a there wasn't an outlet there wasn't like a way to like kind of express right. myself or get out there and just like let loose and have a bit of fun, you know. Like you just kind of embrace some of the madness of things like wrestling, 
Right. And so when Ben messaged me out of the blue and I was like, yes, let's do it. And then a weekend of madness occurs. <laughs> so I've got to tell this part of the story because it all ties in. It all ties in with like the first show we've done. So the Saturday, I get the the, the message from Ben. I'm like, right, let's do it. Let's sort up. Let's get to let's sort out the plan. Uh, Matt will be in touch. Shout out to MSG, Matt Schaefer Gage. He was like our our mediary to begin <laughs> with. He would help us out with like putting the shows together and editing them and putting them out. So he would be sort of like the mediary between me and Joe getting to know each other. So we started messaging each other and chatting away. And then this weekend was like the week, like the Monday. Tuesday after this. So wait, you and Joe didn't know each other before you started the show? Yeah, we never knew each other until we started doing the show. So the Tuesday I'm supposed to be moving house. We're supposed to be moving from the flat to our new house that I'm currently living in now. So we're like, try to figure this out. And then me and Joe are like messaging like frantically between Saturday and Sunday. Really excited. Like, oh my god, this is amazing. Like, Ben's asked us to do the show. Fantastic. Brilliant. And then on the Monday I'm at work and then my best friend comes along and he says, so if I was to say we've got an opening at my work, would you be interested in uh, interested in it? I was like, yes. He's like, I'll get back to you. Half an hour later, uh, the owner wants to speak to you. When? Wednesday. I'm like, for fuck's sake. So my brain's just going wild this day. I'm like, oh, my fucking God. So I'm like, I'm doing this podcast. I'm like, I'm in media group, and then we're going to be moving house, and then I'm going to get a new job. And, like, and then I'm going wild. And then in the middle of this, like, I'll do the phone call with Joe to like come up with like ideas and drum stuff. Like, how do we want to do this? How do we go about it? That's like the Monday before I moved house. So I'm like phone, like we're doing like a video call messaging. Like we've got like pizzas in front of us and just boxes. <laughs> it's just like surrounded in boxes. And I'm like, all right, how's it going, man? Yeah, oh, man, I'm just going fucking woo. And we're just going to do the show. We're, we're just coming. I can't remember the exact conversation, but it was like just having this kind of conversation. We're like, we knew quite quickly it was going to be okay. Hmm. Just from like how we were with each other and what it was like, we're like, we'll be fine. We'll do this. We've got this. And Joe was great because Joe didn't really work. So he was just like, so he spent a lot of time like making ideas up for like theme music, how we were going to put things out on social media and all, all this thing. So he took like that, took the reins of it quite a bit. Oh, wow. So then I move house on the Tuesday. I do my job interview on the Wednesday. And then life goes on for a couple of days. And then <laughs> the Saturday was when we did our first show. And what I had to do was I didn't have like my desk or anything. Like that. I had my laptop and I had my microphone, but I didn't have like a lot of other things else. So what I had to do was take a fucking like a de- de- like a wardrobe that you can build, like a build up wardrobe, right? And build it up like halfway, so it was like shelves. <laughs> then like cover that in uh, like bedding and like duvet covers and have like the laptop like sitting here and in the microphone and i was just standing just like suppressing all this energy and we just kind of went for it and it was like it was such a wild week to get going but it was like if you managed to like sail over that you would be fine right and it must have worked and it must have kind of went down all right i mean i remember when we first done it we're like yep this is gonna be quite a change from uh big ray and colin but we hope you stick around but it was great though because like Joe at the time was really like a big part of like the British independent wrestling scene. Like right. as a fan, like he was a well, really well recognized fan. He was in the midst of it and doing all this stuff. 
So it was quite good for us because we were doing a lot of talking about British things. And the idea originally was to kind of focus more on Brit wrestling and Mm. all of that sort of stuff. Uh, Little did we know before we started that uh, the speaking out movement would happen and a lot of wrong-ins found themselves in in the spotlight. Yeah. It was a bit of a shame. I I kind of think, thinking back on it, like when we done the smack, that was so much more fun. And don't worry, I'm going to talk some good stuff about our time as well. But like... (laughs) Would <laughs> but like with Joe, it was like it was quite nice because like you're 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 with your mate, you're getting to know each other, and we were talking all this nonsense, and it was like it was kind of watching the spark go a little bit, which was kind mm. of the hard thing for me. Like I I love Joe, and I still try and message him now and again. Like don't mess him as much as I should, but knowing that his passion for wrestling was slowly fading away mm. because of all this stuff that was happening. And, all these guys that were like he was big fans of, big followers of, and to see that sort of kind of go away from to the point where he just went, I've had enough. Yeah, walk away. I was just like, man, like the things we. Like, I, I just think of like what the things we could have done. Like we done the Christmas special a couple of years ago. And it was like we were just starting to open the gates of like what we could do with this. Mm. We how far we could go and what could have been. I always think of that. It's like I wonder what would have happened if. Um, all that didn't happen if if they right. all the speaking out movement and rightfully so all that stuff happened, but it was kind of heartbreaking to see him like just see that passion wilt and fade away. That it took him a while before he got back into wrestling again, right? And it was it was strange because like you're you're kind of that was kind of a good thing about what we enjoyed about it, it was like we, it's pretty much what we did. It was like you come in mm. and we talked about SmackDown and we. We were a bit more tongue in cheek with it. We got to have a little bit more fun and a bit more of a giggle with it, and we maybe spend a bit more time being a bit more in depth and talking about the matches. And Joe was really good at kind of breaking things down. But as it went, it was just like, yeah, this happened. I suppose I'm a bit like that when I do these reviews. But it's like, yeah, this happens. But it wasn't as in depth. Like you could see, you could see the change. Like if you ever listen right. to this match attack back then, you can see that sort of whittled down. And I'm not putting that on him or anything like that. It was just like. For me, that was a big part of the experience. Is like, for me, I always appreciate that I got to know him and got to meet him, and that's probably why it hurts more. Is because like I got to know him and got to be a friend of his, and like I get to know his like background about being a Blackpool supporter. And, Did y'all and ever like, like meet in person? <laughs> no, we've we've always talked about it though. Hmm. I, I I'd be well up for it because I remember like the line it was like the preseason. It was like Blackpool and oh no, it was like we're talking about ever maybe getting relegated. It was like hmm. well, if this happens, then we need to get together for. They ever in and liberal blackpool fixtures there in mm. blackpool and stuff like that but no it was it was kind of nice like getting to know someone new and get to get their background and experience and then just to see it kind of be like to see someone's passion for wrestling especially someone like joe who was like heart and soul of wrestling for it he was he went to every show oh yeah like, didn't matter where it was who it was like small like small indies like when progress were in their pomp and things like that going through manchester and and travel. He was like traveling all around the country for all of these shows. So yeah, suppose when that all came out and to watch that go, it's like it was quite hard. It was quite hard to see that happen. And it's as as fun as it is doing the show. It's like you just wish that like you could still keep that magic a little bit and keep it right. alive. So, I mean, it was for the best when he decided he wanted to call it a day, because it, I mean, when it's all taken away from you like that, it's, it's kind of hard to stay. You know, yeah. I mean, it's hard to kind of follow that and keep it going. Like, yeah, I think he knew that at that time. It's like the passion's not there. 
and I think it's slowly coming back, which is good. They see it kind of he's still get he's getting back into wrestling. He's going to shows again. That took a little bit of time from the the speaking out movement, right? That's that's one of those things that happened. But saying that with Joel, even uh, we got together. We started. I think it was like just before the Royal Rumble, if I remember rightly. And we it was sort yeah. of that was sort of like rapid pace getting that off the ground as well <laughs> yeah it was like, joe was like finishing up and then i was like expecting to go at a certain time and he was like look do you mind if i just call it now i was like fair enough and i'm like what the fuck am i gonna get to do this with me i was i'm having the moment you're having right now I was like, yeah right what am i gonna get to do this and then matt messaged me i was like hey uh, i've just been speaking to john um he seems really keen would you be up for it? i was like yeah whatever like i'd never met you or knew you at the time i never <laughs> met you before i was like well, if he's up for it, then I'm up for it. Well, let's, let's, yeah. It can't, it can't possibly be that bad. Like, mm-hmm. fuck it, let's just give it a go. Like, you never know what could happen. <laughs> I think we only messaged like once or twice beforehand. Yeah, and we were just like, I think we had like one brief chat, just a quick get to know each other, got to know about your background as like a minister and like your mm-hmm. New Japan following and all that stuff. I was like, "All right, let's do this. This is gonna be fun. Like, let's yeah, right. oh, do this, do this." I did like a video promo about it, and everything, and then off we went. And, yeah, and I, I quite enjoy it. I think this. Is, I think that's what I'm going to miss about this is like from literally day one. You can look at all the shows we do and everything like that. Something that I've always enjoyed is that we just rabble. Mm. You know, we do get to like this. We did get to like the SmackDown review and the nuts and bolts of why we're doing this show, but. There's something about like what we have as a connection where we can talk for. Literally, there's been shows we've talked for two hours of like utter just anything that comes to our mind. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, it was so bad. Talk. I mean, it was like we had to do something, yeah, entertaining because we weren't entertained, <laughs> and it was so bad. It was just like <clears throat> the fuck yeah. are we watching? So yeah, we had to like break the mundanity somehow. We had to like yeah. sort of liven things up. And at first it was kind of strange because like we're doing this with like we're just pre-recording it like we're recording this. Yeah. It was one thing. And then we started getting into the live shows and it just sort of kicked things up a notch. Mm-hmm. Like the shows got a bit more not, like crazier. Like the interactions like the people who listen to this I will always appreciate like the people who take the time out to listen to this Listener show and stuff Lab like that. Lab Space Man, Lizabeth. Space Man, Lizabeth. Uh, Sonic, Sonic the Headrat. You know, uh, all those names, I'll, I can miss them out. Media M5. Uh, yeah. Aaron. You know, Aaron Ben Shlomo, yeah. Like, you're all there. Yeah, every one of you. It's like, I'll listen, I, I, I genuinely look forward to those moments. Like, I really look forward to... <laughs> But like when we done it, like the, the the live chat started, it just brought like a new dynamic. It wasn't just enough that we were chatting, having a laugh. It was like we were letting people in on that, mm-hmm. and then they become part of that. I mean, I don't know what it's like for everyone else who does a podcast on this. I can't really speak for like Ben or Ray or, or the Vet or Colin or all these bonds that are doing like bigger podcasts now with like the A Show and all that. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was like our little, it was like our little thing. Yeah, it was like us. You know, me, you, it's like the, the rock thing. Me, John, and the fans. It's like me, you, and the chat. And it was like, it gave me something to look forward to in a weekend. Yeah. Sounds weird, but like, 
<laughs> SmackDown could have been terrible. It could have been worth no time. I mean, there were some episodes where I didn't even watch at all. Right. <laughs> and then come in and then, like, I got to spend, like, a couple hours with you chatting away and having a laugh. And then you'd see, like, the chat, like, pop up and then get their sort of interactions. And some of them when we think that I killed the queen for some reason. <laughs> all that stuff but you know it, it gave me like something about it gave me a bit more purpose and then enjoyment of it you know i, I talked about like at the beginning when this was like i had no outlet and here i was i had an outlet and i could just spout yeah. out this nest and people w- willingly took the time out to listen to this and even got involved in it like Gary yeah. spaceman was sending us emails of photos of his fridge stuff like that you know i mean like who else gets that sort of stuff that we did and, oh, i don't because i never saw it because you never opened the smack in the look. oh just you wait when you get this email uh, over to you, tell okay. you. but um yeah so it gave me like something to look forward to and like kind of gave me a bit of a break from life if it sounds a bit if that makes sense like oh no for a couple two hours three hours depending on how long we done it it was like we, I could come in from like a long day and, I, and it's still like that a little bit where it's like I can have a long day at work it can be tiring and like these things can be hard work but like when you go on you turn on the red light goes on and it's like we do, we do a little bit of chatting beforehand we catch up and it's it's great and I, I quite like those little quiet moments where we kind of get to know kind of catch up how, how yeah. everything's been like how life's been like what we've done what we've been up to and then we press the red light and it just kind of bleeds into it a little bit more carry on that little bit of conversation we add things about other stuff like that and for me it was great like it was great for kind of having that little moment where mm. i could switch off for a bit like this is like part of like what we do and we talk about smackdown we take it down but like i got to like switch off from life for a little bit and just yeah not think about it like i've had a bad day or things weren't really going my way like for me it's helped my mental health like crazy we talked about mental health and yeah how we should be looking after each other like there was times where i was like struggling yeah i had this like and it was great because it was like i didn't have to worry about stuff i didn't have to like think about what was going on like it all gets left at the door like, you can right. leave it there and you can just let loose be silly break down a wrestling show and it's in itself is like really crazy and nonsense. It's surreal. Like, I mean, we're talking about guys who, guys and gals who are basically in their underwear, you know, putting moves on each other. Yeah. Um, In a very coordinated fashion. Yeah, and we're gonna, (laughs) and you and I have no experience doing that whatsoever, but we're commenting about it. Yeah. You know. And yet, and yet people trust us to talk about it. Yeah, I know, right. With some kind of knowledge and how you, like, make it work. But then that was what the beauty of it was. It was like we embraced the sort of craziness of it and the wildness of it and like getting that time and then obviously the chat, like I'll always, I said it already, but like I love how the chat just made that part of the show. Mm-hmm. Like it made, it gave it a bit of life and gave it a bit of its own sort of thing. And sometimes maybe I maybe haven't interacted as much with the chat as I can, but like I'll always like, when we do these, I spend a lot of my time just like looking at the chat. Mm-hmm. It's like, just watching it, just seeing what comes up. And then you get to see how they were with each other. Like over time, yeah. it got to the point where like we started the show and I was like, hey, how you doing? How was your day? How you been? They're like they're checking up on each other. They're like mm-hmm. having conversations and like catching up on life. Like Elizabeth's talking about what she's doing. Talk about chili recipes. And- chili recipes and all that stuff. It's like, it's it's crazy what can go on in a chat 
Mm. But it was nice to see that sort of sense of community. And that kind of it helped me a bit because I was like, great, we're all here together. We're all in this. We're all mm-hmm. just going to come. This is our space to like have fun, talk about some wrestling, maybe some other stuff. And then in the chat, when they're doing their thing and chatting, they're just doing exactly the same as what we are. Yeah. You know, they're listening to the show, but then they're interacting with each other. And then they're talking about their day and keeping each other right. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing. It's a, it was, it's a genuinely it was group therapy thing. that we didn't pay for. Yeah. I mean, like honestly. really was. Mm. Like, we could do, like, nothing was on the off the table. There was no, like, rules that wouldn't have to worry about, like, Mm-mm. what we said. And it wasn't like, and when I say there's no rules and anything, it's not as if we were trying to say things that were controversial. Right. It was just, we were trying to just have fun. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't fun, what's, why are we talking about it? Yeah. Like, like we skipped a lot of sat down segments because it was like, this is, this is shit. I don't want to talk about this. Let's yeah. talk about Arsenal and Everton for a yeah, while instead. Let's... Like, those, those little things and those little nuggets of time where maybe we don't get to do it. And then, uh, so I'm always going to be appreciative and grateful that we got to do this. And mm-hmm. like, I got to meet you as well. Like, honest to God, man, like, see the kind of person that you are, the life you lead, and the influence you have on people, how much you help people help people grow and you'll go out of your way to help people as well like maybe i never message enough in those sort of like you always offer to like for any like help or anything like that maybe i should have maybe i could have messaged but then again quietly that was my time with you i got to i got to do that where we just got to just let it go just let it loose and just have fun and sometimes that's all you need you know it's just like that, that your pal to just let go and have fun and just enjoy just enjoy your time together. Yeah. And just to so, know that they are there, you might not like, you know, that they're there. They've offered yeah. and you know, that they're there. You don't, you're not necessarily going to take them up on it, but you know yeah. that, I mean, if it's really bad, I can, I can reach out if I need to. Oh yeah. You know, just, you know, and I mean, that's cause I know how guys are. And so, yeah. you know, when I, but that's the thing, I'm not saying it to be disingenuous. I'm not that kind of person. Yeah. When I say it, I mean it, but I also understand that, especially with guys that when I say it, like they're probably never going to take me up on it. And if they do, I'm going to be very respectful of their time and what they do, because that means that they really need it. So whatever I'm here to listen or do whatever, that's what I I know for a fact that some of our listeners have been in touch with as well. So, which makes it brilliant. But yeah, for that, for me, it was like that, those couple hours we have on a Saturday, it was, it was nice. It was just nice bit of peace. And we got to know each other. Like we live thousands of miles apart. Mm-hmm. thousands of miles apart and we can chat like we've been in the same room for ages but that's unbelievable the fact that i got to do that with you and in fact i was fortunate enough to kind of get put together with you and get to know you it's i'm grateful for it i really am i really do appreciate your time and everything you've done and everything we've done together mm-hmm. and i'm just gutted that this is how it's gonna go <laughs> this is it this is the end it's like i'm, I'm still trying to process it as well Hmm. I think that's why it's so hard because I've had this sure thing for a while. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no matter what happens in a week, well, not every week, but like, whatever happens in a week, we'd have the show on Saturday. Hmm. Finish off Saturday, I've got that. So it's like, oh man, this is a really busy day. Oh, well, it's all right. We've got Smack Attack. We're going to have a chat about stuff on Saturday. Like, Charmaine's told me, like, when are you finishing this off? How you, can you do this all this time on a Saturday night? And it was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it eventually. And I was like, kind of fobbed off because it was like this sort of time to to just un, like 
let it loose, unwind, kind of pop the cork a little bit and just be myself a little bit. Not, not, not be myself, but, you know, just blow off the steam. Yeah. Like, have a rant about some wrestling, talk some nonsense, and just be free to just let it go. So then you come out, yeah, you've probably lost a big chunk of your Saturday night, but you know what? I felt a bit better in myself at the end of the day. Like, I felt yeah. we achieved something. Like, we, we could put a show out and... I never got a message from Ben about any of the shows or anything like that. And I always took that as a good thing. Yeah. Because it was like, no news is good news. If he's messaging me saying, right, what the fuck's going on here? Why is this? What's this? What's this? Right. Yeah. And something's went wrong. So the fact that he's let us, like, he's just put his trust in us to, like, do it this way, do it in our own sort of weird, windy, rambly, wild and crazy way is just is brilliant. And I think I couldn't change any of what we did for the world. I, I couldn't yeah. do it. So I think that's why I'm struggling a little bit with this whole let it go thing. And maybe that's why this whole Christmas special took as long as it did to get done. It was just that sort of, how do, how do you describe it? Like, what's that word I'm looking for? It's like, it's not dependency, but like, you just can't quite, just can't quite let it go yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not ready to go. I don't want, I don't want to let it go. Like, I know I'm going to press this record button, end the record button in a few minutes and it's going to be like, that's it. Mm-hmm. the end of it and i don't know what's going to come from that i don't know i mean i know there's good things like i'm going to have more time with Shermaine. we're going to have a lot more things to do we're talking about maybe starting a family soon and all this stuff so but you gotta get married first you son of a bitch we'll work on it we'll get you over we'll get you over for it but like damn straight i'm gonna come over for yeah. that get you on the hook with us fuck i'll officiate yes. it <laughs> yeah man that'd be class. i told you just you know just put me out give me a place to stay and, we'll get the kilt uh, size. And Phoebe, we'll Phoebe, yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> fuck yes. I will totally wear a kilt for your wedding and me, <laughs> give me a place to stay and feed me. And then uh, that's all you have to do. You yeah. Know? So, like, I know a lot of good things are going to come from it. You know, like, I'm moving up in my life. I'm getting, I'm, I've got a better job now. I've got a better career. I'm making more money. We've got everything we need. We're going to have more time together. But then I don't know what it's going to be like not having this. Like, I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. It's going to be really weird kind of tuning in, like, on Channel Attitude or maybe good podcast phone, <laughs> tuning in when, like, you're recording with someone else. And I don't mean that to be sort of, like, creepy, clingy way, but, like... No, I know what you mean. I, yeah. I'm going to sit there and watch that and go, man, like, is this, have I done the right thing? Is this the right... Well, I miss, I'm going to miss it. Yeah. Like, and I'm going to watch it and I'm going to miss it. And I'm going to... It's going you're to gonna take text me to... and go, send me the link. <laughs> yeah, like there'll be days like that. I, I know it. I like, and that's why I said I wasn't really gonna. Qu- I was gonna quietly go away. Like, I'm gonna like still put these podcasts out for you and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, it's like maybe I'm not let it go just yet because I'm want to try and just keep putting it out. But you have my own little thing on it, but mm-hmm. yeah, like, I don't know if I don't know how I'm gonna deal with it. And that's what that's what worries me a little bit. It's like it's the unknown. Yeah, what's it gonna be like on a Saturday when? I just finished work and I don't have this to just talk about or whatever. You know, what happens if I have a hard day and like maybe I don't know how to like approach it to Shermaine, like how do I talk to her about it? Yeah. You know, like wow, no that Everton score last week. I mean, she's not into football. Right. <laughs> like that. Or like the wrestling side of things. Like that's a different conversation and things like that. So mm-hmm. maybe there's a there'll be time for growth in that department to just getting used to all again and seeing how that is yeah yeah like it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of tough and 
I suppose, like in a long way, I'm, I, as I said it already, I'm like appreciative. Like I've seen people do shows on Hammy Media Group, like not to name names. I think a lot of people know exactly who I'm referring to when I say the, this sort of thing. But like they finish off on like bad terms, mm. or like they have like some kind of shoot promo to have. You know, I kind of, I kind of take a bit of pride in knowing like my shoot, if you want to call it that, is more of a sort of a, a positive story. You know, yeah. Like my uh, my story is not ending because I've got a problem with anyone. Right. I'm not happy with my position, or I want this or that. It's like, if anything, I want what I've got now. I want yeah. it. I just can't have it anymore. Right. Like I, I I've got my had like for two years. Ben effectively gave me my own little corner of the world with friends and connections and Ben Ray was talking about earlier like getting to meet all these people like Ray mm. Ben Vet uh I, God, I can name a lot a ton of people like just like getting to know everyone like Jackson Stone mm. and getting those emails in from him and like listening to his tips and putting them out and all these things it's like you know I got all of that I got a little corner of the world where maybe I'm not bringing in like all the viewers and the listeners that like the veil get or Bear Gray or Ben or like the locker room Stevie or Stevie, Vince. Maybe I'll never I will maybe I've never been lucky enough to get Vince on the show or anything like that. Mm. But that's one of those things. But what I can say is I got like this. Like mm-hmm. that's mine. And no matter what happens to this show, where it goes, what you decide to do with everything, this this two years, this this or two and a bit year run that's mine. I get to say that's mine. Sure. Like HMG could take off and be like the greatest, the biggest thing ever eventually. And I'd be like, I've done that. Yeah. I was there. I had my two years in. It was great. Yeah. So I guess I, I can say thank you to a lot of people. Mm. Um, try not get emotional. <laughs> I try my best. But just, like, just obviously, do it. Suck yeah. it up and do it. <laughs> yeah. Grow some balls, man. Grow some balls and be emotional. But, um, I guess first and foremost, I gotta say thanks to Ben. I mean, like he, the fact that he took the time out to message me out of the blue and have that faith in me and the trust in me to like put this out and do this on a regular basis. Like maybe not knowing me as well, I only did like a little bit of podcasting now and again beforehand and all this stuff. So the fact he was willing to put a bet on me and just like go for it, do your thing, and, mm. and he's trusted me ever since with that is is brilliant and you can see what that's done for a lot of people like on this network mm. you know Colin's doing a lot of producing work MSG's taking over the world mm. <laughs> he's like working yeah. with Fox and things like that now uh, Big Gray's leveling up I mean this whole thing's leveled up as well like mm. who'd have thought like at the very beginning of all this that like you'd be on like a platform that people are paying for and there's like of like yeah. you know Vince Russo's on there April Hunter uh, EC3's got a show on this thing. Like, you can name like loads of different people. Now, whether you Stevie like Stevie Ray, what, I mean Stevie Ray, like whether whatever you think of these people, or whatever, it doesn't matter because like we're all part of this bubble where we're just mm-hmm. like we get to be part of that. So yeah. it's it's amazing getting to see all that. So I have to say I'm grateful for that. Um, Rick Vickery, I have to thank as well. He, as legend goes, he may have pitched me to be the other guy with Joe. <laughs> believe it or not because we did some like back and forth interact when i was doing like our own little small 
we did a small wrestling podcast called the Saturday Night Shoot, and we just sort of talked wrestling, just a few years for you mates. And as it mm-hmm. went on, Rick started doing his own thing. He did like the Curtain Jerker podcast, and mm-hmm. uh, and him and Joe, well, not Joe, I'm a Joe, but a diff- his friend Joe, they did their thing, and we did like crossovers now and again through WrestleZone, just like the WrestleZone days of interacting. I've not even talked about WrestleZone. Mm. This podcast itself does its thing. And we kind of interacted and got to do that. And then Rick kind of, through his connections, he worked his way through Hammy Media Group and made his way up and done these things. And then the fact that he kept me in mind enough to be like, hey, if uh, Athers is doing this, how about we get James in? Yeah, that's so I'll be grateful to him for that. Um, Big Ray and Colin as well, who were the original hosts of this. Mm-hmm. This was their baby when they took it, when they ran it and things like that. So for them to open the door i know there's reasons why they, they didn't want to do it and things like that anymore but for them to open the door and let us in and because they fucking hated each other and they didn't want to be around each other that too yeah <laughs> yeah the but blood like, feud. <clears throat> some say it's still going yeah but so they they let us do it they kind of opened the door for us to come in so i'm always going to be grateful for that like i'm grateful for all like the memories like that i got to have uh, Joe Atherton, Athers, like I don't know if he's going to be listening to this or not, but uh, thank you. Like that started this whole journey for me. Like this windy, windy, crazy what, that week of crazy. I'll never forget that crazy week, and it was all because of like this is part of it. This is always going to be part of like the DNA of my life mm-hmm. now because of how that is. So that I'll be grateful for Joe for that for being a friend. Thank you, John, for being a friend and. Like, thank you for t- being, being a friend, a friend. <laughs> up like, and down the road and back again. But like for all the like the time we've spent together, like you know, we only like we see we only kind of talk over this like a couple hours a week, but mm-hmm. it's like the nice little moments beforehand, you know, when we just kind of talk about life and how or after <laughs> or after as well. We've and done that yelling while, at you, you know? to get the fuck out the totally. The like I'm actually going, I'm nearly done, I promise. But like those moments where we're like we talk about life and like how you're doing with your family and work and, and how things are with my end. And it's like just that nice little sort of, we've always had each other's back in that one. And it's like, we've still always had that moment to like kind of get to know each other and that stuff. And then the red light goes on and it doesn't feel any different. It doesn't feel like we put anything on. We don't add on like an act. It's like maybe we're a bit more regimented because that's how shows work in that one. But we, we always can be a bit more loose and have fun. So to the fact that we've got to spend two years together doing that is, uh, I've got a friend for life for that. Yeah, and I'm I'm always grateful for that. So thank you for for giving me the chat, for giving me the time, giving me your time and like your your feedback and everything that you've done for me. Like that's it means a lot. It really does mean a great deal that I've got to do this. So um, yeah, and thanks to the chat. I yeah. suppose there's, there's so many of you to name, but. You know, we've already named a bunch of you, but like, thank you for taking your time out on a Saturday, even when we've not been <laughs> on schedule per se. <laughs> but like, like, thanks for like kind of looking us out. You know, that's that's the thing is like, you guys, I always said like, I loved it when you were coming in, being lively and talking about stuff, and it, it it does because it makes our day. It made my day knowing that you wanted to spend however long of your time. You know, time's precious and life's precious. So the fact that you want to spend two hours of your life 
listening to this asshole yeah. <laughs> talk about Everton and life and this accent as well. God, how you put up with hell you did, I don't know. But then to spend we subtitled all time, everything. You don't know that, right? We we subtitled yeah. everything. <laughs> Even the live ones. Yeah. <clears throat> like people listening to this now are just like you just see subtitles appear in front of them. Yeah. But yeah, so like thanks for taking that time out every week to interact and listen to the show. Like that that means a lot that you you're willing and mad enough to come back and watch us all the time so mm. that means a lot um vince russo i suppose i should thank because like yeah. you kept this going on channel attitude for a while you know like, yeah it's not like i mean i suppose having media groups obviously ben's thing but like right what can i stop him from turning around saying who are these two guys like nah let's we want creme to the creme so right I suppose, like, like i've never interacted with a guy i've never met him or anything like that but i suppose i want to say thank you to vince for yeah, let us do our thing as well. Like, let, just let just let it lie. Just let it spectacular yeah. its thing. Like someone like him and his background and his notoriety and how he wanted Channel Action to go. It's like it could be easy for someone like him to kind of look at a show like us and be like, "Why is that on our platform?" Right. Go on the free one. Go on the free. So the fact that he's happy about that ride and he trusts Ben to trust us to trust people who listen to us is. Even if we, as I say, even if we don't bring in the lessons, like to give to keep us having our own little corners, yeah, uh, appreciated as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm appreciative to everybody. I've probably missed a bunch of people, but I'm really going to miss this man. I suppose that's kind of the sad way of. I don't want to be sad. I don't want to go on a sad note and end it. But, I, yeah, I just want us to be let people know that like this, I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful and happy with what we've achieved. Yeah, and I know that you're going to go on. And you're gonna get a new co-host, and you'll move on, and you'll do more great things. You know, Strangler might come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Well, I'm, I'm gonna get Vince Russo on. I'm gonna get Strangler. I'm gonna get Bello. I'm it's gonna, gonna happen get... within weeks, and I'll be like, yeah. this whole sentiment of, "Oh man, I missed the show." Like, fuck you, man. <laughs> Where was this? So yeah, so I know you're gonna go on. You're gonna smash it. You're gonna have a great time. You're gonna have this baby now. It's yours. It's your show. It's your whatever you want to make it. It can be whatever you want. You can mold it in your image, and then whoever comes on, I'm sure that I hope whoever comes on and is your co-host, I hope they get to appreciate the sort of things that we got to appreciate mm. together. I hope they get the same thing. I hope they get such a good connection and get to know you because I think that's part of the beauty of what we did. It's not. Yeah. It's, it was more for me. Maybe I didn't show it so much all the time, but like for me, it's more than just like two hours on a podcast talking wrestling. Like, yeah, I got to find a friend, and yeah. our friendship kind of formed through this. Like people got to watch our friendship form through this. And yeah, I hope okay. I hope that happens again. I yeah, hope that happens I, I that's that's my hope. I mean, you're not going to be replaced. You know, nobody can replace the great Jamie MacGyver. <laughs> Um, you know, Captain Subtitle and everything. Uh, but I mean, you know, it, somebody will come in and 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 they'll be their thing. You know, I've even pitched Ray. What if we, what if we brought in a female voice? You know, yeah. To to come in and talk uh, about these things and get their perspective on it. And so, totally. You know, I think that would be neat to have that. Who knows where this direction goes? Uh, just. For those listening, this is dropping uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, that next weekend, there will be no show. Um, we won't be back until um, 
probably that weekend of the seventh, that Saturday, will be live. And yeah. um, who knows what we then? Most likely, it'll be the bet, but um, you know, we'll know for sure. So, because um, I will be traveling again um, that Saturday for New Year's Eve um, to go get Jacob and such. So, um, uh, so just as a programming note, if you're hearing this, there's no smack attack. Um, uh, that going into New Year's, it'll be that yeah. next weekend after. So enjoy your time with your families. Uh, you know, James, same to you with this holiday season. Yeah. Um, I know you, you, you've got moms and dads, and you know, multiple families. You get to deal with that uh, fun stuff like we do as adults now, where you go through life, you know, trying to balance the holidays of all right, where do whose house are we at, and what are we, how long do we be there, and you know, <laughs> all that fun stuff. So, but it's also, as I said, it's, it's, this is also one of the, why I love this time of year, not necessarily for the, the commercial stuff, but for the connections you make with people yeah. and getting to spend time with them. And um, like I said, I think, I think mom, your sentiment is mine. I'm going to miss, you know, hearing, you know, you talking and, and being able to figure out ways to just make you lose it and, saying just ridiculous shit to, you know, make you feel that because that was my opportunity after a week of dealing with, you know, kids who are struggling with their identity or um, they don't necessarily have food. So they have to come to me to figure out how they're going to find food for the next couple of weeks. Uh, Things like that. When I'm dealing with heavy shit to be able to come in on a Saturday and just, and I'm doing it in the place where that same stuff happens. And then I could take the same space and turn it into a, a place of just pure joy, fun, entertainment, and just letting things go, um, you know, with someone that I can truly share that and joy with, like you said, that I've never met in my entire life in person, but yeah. you know, through one the day. wonder, yeah, yeah, one day, one day but through this, this magical thing we call technology, you know, I've been able to afford a friendship with, with someone that, you know, lives thousands of miles in a way that I play in a place that I've always have wanted to go to anyway. So uh, just another reason why to go, you know, and to be able to um, make that trip, you know, you just made it that much easier for me to say, yep, I'm going to go do that because now I know that I get to go see a friend when I get to go over there. So, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I don't feel like this is goodbye. I feel like until next time, you know, I feel like, you know, um, we'll see each other again. We'll talk to each other uh, continually. Um, I mean, hell, if nothing else, to hey, where the fuck is the Academy podcast? How's it not up yet? Uh, <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> you know, uh, to give you shit like that and uh, yeah. have fun with that, you know. But I mean, but in all seriousness, too, just, you know, to be able to, I'll, you know, reach out and say, hey, I hope you're doing good, man. Think about you, yeah. you know, and, um, being able to know that you're good. And um, so um, I better not see it on a fucking Facebook post though that you and Tremaine are engaged. So I better get a message <laughs> on that. If it do, I will fucking come over there, punch you in the face and turn around and fly back. Um, yeah. Just for I'll give you the scoop. Alone. I'll give you the scoop. So, you know, <laughs> and I, I know she's not listening, so whatever. Uh, yeah. But if I, I'll, I'll find her and be like, Shermaine, if he fucking does not tell me that y'all are engaged, I'm getting a ticket. Yeah, I'm flying (laughs) over from Texas and I'm punching him in the face. So just be prepared. So, 
Tell me gotcha, when your Dad. wedding is so I don't do it before your wedding. Because I'm a nice enough gentleman <laughs> that I won't do it before your wedding day, but I'll do it, you know. Oh, I thought if I was going to bring you in to officiate it, I'd just be like, you may now bang. Yeah. <laughs> that's for not telling me. Yeah, that's for not telling like, me, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> and I'll do it all text like, that's for not telling me, some bitch. <laughs> just, just walk out, cool guys. Yeah, look at yeah. Explosions walk out with my cowboy like, hat and my kilt. Oh. Uh, <laughs> what an image. Oh, no. that could you imagine walking oh down the God. aisle dressed as it is, kilt cowboy hat to officiate your wedding? Oh, don't think well, I won't don't think I won't get a cowboy hat and wear it to officiate your wedding because I will. Oh, I'd expect it. I'd I mean shit. I mean, the image of me in a kilt and a cowboy hat alone is worth the money uh for that. Oh yeah. That holy cow. Oh my god. Could you imagine like we live stream it for the Hami Media Group? Just to see that, that would be... Oh God, chat would be wild. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're not getting a reception, lads. You're just oh, getting a little yeah. bit. I mean, that's you. Good for you. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> who, th- who would know? Like, Can you imagine that? Like, All the chat just like, we're coming. Like, Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're coming on the on the feed that y'all are putting out. We're not, we've got, not we've got the plane. We've got the team plane going. <laughs> mm, team plane, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I may have looked into flights to Scotland. Uh, that's just not cheap. Uh-uh. Just worth saying. it though, but it's not cheap. Yeah, I mean, even just the flight to London and the figuring out from there, it's still not cheap. So yeah, I mean, they fucking <laughs> one need to day fix that shit. One day, yeah, don't get me wrong, I'm gonna do it, and I'm, it's gonna be worth it, and I will spend the money to do it. But um, yeah, not anytime soon until I get until you call in the lefty, as they say uh, in baseball, you know. <laughs> You call them in. Hey, we need, we need you. Come on in. All right. And over. Yeah. So time has come. Let's let me time. put it this way. My goal is by this time <laughs> next year, I'm going to be getting ready to take Jacob to Tokyo for Wrestle Kingdom week and yeah. for his senior trip. So don't plan your wedding for then. You know. Because, no, I'll try not to. I'll try my yeah. best. Yeah, because that's going to cost me a pretty penny. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I might. My parents might help and and help me out with that one, but you know. That would probably that would be dope if they would, um, but uh, if anything, you know, they because oh maybe they would because then that would set the the budget for everybody else after because Jacob's the first Ooh, and you know that's what they did for like my wedding. Um, apparently, my sister, my middle sister, got married before I did, uh, about a year or year a year and a half before I did. And apparently, I didn't know this, but her budget was twenty grand. Um, Whoa! For, for her wedding, yeah. And this is nine. This is uh, two thousand, two thousand one, something like that. You know. And so, uh, because here's the thing: we weren't. We were trying to figure out how we we're going to get married, and because <coughs> um, my ex-wife's family wasn't incredibly rich, so we we're trying to figure things out how we we're going to do it. And then my parents were like, oh, we'll. we'll take care of they called her parents and they're like yeah no we're fine and they said okay y'all erica's budget was 20 grand so y'all have a budget of 20 grand too so we're like oh okay we did it in five we did our entire wedding in five grand and they were like hey you saved us money cool here's the rest here's 15 grand um and we use that as a down payment on our house our first house so um that was cool so maybe because my they kind of have set precedent for that so maybe if i shoot big and tell them what i'm planning to do for Jacob's senior trip, um, 
maybe they'll help with that. And uh, well, that's what we yeah. did. Yeah, that that cover. Maybe if they covered like the hotel and the flights and everything like that, and then I would cover food and Wrestle Kingdom tickets and, yeah. and transport while we're there. Then, I mean, that'd be dope. So, nice. yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, well, I say all that to say so this year, next time this year, don't be planning on getting married because I'll try my best. I don't think know. it'll happen, but like, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, I'll get the engagement down, and we'll it right? Right, <laughs> but you know, tell me and then, post oh, yeah, I'll keep you in social I'll keep media. You in. You'll, be the, you'll be the first to know. The first, so mm, one of the first. One of the, okay, there's the <laughs> I think Charmaine might be the first to know. <coughs> that that that'd be weird. Can you imagine that? Yeah, happening now. <laughs> Scoop yeah. today. Today's Scoop. day. <laughs> hey, hey, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? I'm in about an hour. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell Charmaine that we're getting married. Can you imagine if I made it sound like that's gonna happen, and then she says no. That'd be a twist. <laughs> <laughs> a or she does twist. this. Why do we have? Why do we need to get married now? We've been here <coughs> for a couple of years. Why do we need a ceremony to do that? And yours? Yeah. Hmm. That's a loop. Because I told John, because I told John that he could marry us. Yeah, and he's going to show up in a cowboy hat and a kilt. So worth it, worth every penny. Yeah, I mean the world needs to see these legs in a kilt. I'm just telling you right now. Oh yeah, yeah. You get like when you get like socks or something. Mm-hmm. Looking good. Looking oh yeah, good. yeah. I, I got I got that look. I could pull that off. Yeah, I like you, kid. Thank you, yeah. Oh, kilts I, no, are great I, on anyone. Let's be oh, fair. Yeah. If, you, if you can get a kilt on you, you're dang good. It's mm-hmm. like. Oh, and the high socks. Oh, yeah. I yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Get those really strong, those really good calves and shins. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I've got the ladies love it. The ladies love it. I got this. I got the calf that's got the split in the back. You know where? Yeah. Oh, you know that the ladies love that. I mean, I'm just saying, if you're going to show up to this and you've got like the kilt and then the cowboy hat, mate, you're the action you'll get. Uh, action. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. <laughs> Worth it. Oh, and then I can imagine, like, I'm not taking that off. I'm going to go out afterwards and wear it. Like, oh, yeah. Is it uh, not, is it, you go for it. You just make the most of it. Like, yeah. You just make, you just live that life. Oh, yeah. Embrace it. Take it back to Texas. Like, this is me now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do everybody's <laughs> wedding in that with a kilt. Yeah. <coughs> You're getting the just prepare yourself for it. Yeah. yeah. Just prepare yourself for a lot of, are you a real Scotsman chat? It's a load of bullshit. Mm. Just wait underwear. Come on. Yeah. We're not we're not mon- we're not kind of not savages. We're mm. gentlemen. <laughs> but, ish, ish. Yeah. Ah oh, man. <sighs> yes, this is it. This is yeah. the time. This is the time. I, I'm looking at it and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it at all. But I suppose it's been it's been one hell of a journey. Yes. I'm glad we get to finish it this way. And mm-hmm. I'm glad it's on Christmas. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like it gets to, we get to finish on a fun show. And I hope you, the listener, I hope you've enjoyed this. If you've stuck around long enough, anyway, listen to the whole thing. <laughs> uh, but if you have, thanks, thanks for yeah. that. Thanks for everything you've you've given us and all the time you've given it. It's always been appreciated. I'll miss it. I'll miss you. I'll miss everything. But I'll tell you one thing: it's been a hell of a ride. I wouldn't ask for anything different. I'd keep it the same way. And I guess the only way I can end this is the only way I ever ended these things. And that's by saying some spiel about this week. I suppose I was gonna say Christmas is coming, snow has fallen, and math time has fallen, but things will move on. Who will sit in the chair? 
Who will speak to John for the next two years? Will the chat even come back? Who knows? There's only one way to find out, and that's by tuning to another edition of the Smack Attack. Cheerio.